Welcome one and all to episode 28 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavisions Magazine. Today is January 19th, 2020, and I'm Chris, the editor of Meg- Megavisions. Joining me this week is Sketchcraft, the Megavisions art director. Hey, what's up? We've got Marcin, our community manager extraordinaire. Hello, hello. It's been a long time, Marcin. Welcome back to the show. And it's not Shenmue related this week, so, you know, extra bum, special. Bum, bum. Marcin sounds like a newborn puppy who's woken up from a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll find a way to talk about Shenmue at some point, Marcin. I'm sure. We also have Scotty, our digital content manager. What's up, Scotty? Hello, yes. Dr. Thunder is my Dr. Pepper clone of choice. <laughs> and to round out the team, we have David, one of our feature writers. How's it going, David? Hey, it's going. How goes? Very, very good. I think this, I don't know, this is one of the first times we've had you on the Megavision show, I think. Maybe uh, you've been on maybe once before? I think I was on some podcast you guys did once before. I think that might have been the Nerdcast even that long ago before we were doing a, I think that was when we were still running Sega Nerds as a separate site and Megavisions as its own thing. Yeah, Mm. that sounds Damn, that was a long time ago. Jesus. So, yeah, anyway. you never invite me, so I never show. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm really excited for this uh, this week's episode. It's good to be back doing the Megavision show. We just got, we're hot off the heels on the last sideshow where we did uh, the Resident Evil movie. So, if you guys haven't listened to that, you should definitely go check that out. Um, that was a fun episode, guys. What do you guys think about now that we're kind of, what, a week and a half um, removed from. The uh, the horrors of Resident Evil. What is, what is your uh, lasting takes on that one? Uh, if you ever want to hear uh, the the just the pain of a grown man or a collective group of them, then listen to that episode. I, I was uh, <laughs> I don't remember if it was on the recording or not, but I again thank Chris for keeping us on track, me on track, because as the host, I couldn't even coherently go through the plot because I'm just continually flabbergasted by that movie. It, I mean, to you know, to to your credit, I mean, it is a tough movie to follow. Um, because there's just shit happening all over the place. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Uh, lots of crazy stuff. So Biggest tangent for me on a sideshow, I'd say. Yeah, probably. I think it's also just one of the moves that you feel most passionately uh, uh, about that we've yeah. done. I feel well, all right good after it. I've, yeah, I've recovered. So. <laughs> that's good. Uh, let's get into some quick um, issue news uh, on this latest issue of Megavisions. Uh, like I said, we're, we're finishing things up. We got most of the, the minor things done, like ensuring your page numbers and all that kind of stuff are done. So what we're doing uh, this week is I'll be combining all of the layouts that we have done um, into one PDF document and sharing them with the rest of the staff who's going to help me go through and just QC everything to make sure we don't have any silly uh, errors in there. Um and just basically finishing things up on that side of the things. And it's kind of like one of the last things that we do before we're ready to ship. Um, and so we'll pretty much be done with all the content. Um, and Rob, you're still, uh, you know, like hammering away at this April O'Neil piece, which has just gotten to be one of probably the most intricate pieces you've done in a while. In, in does it magazine, does it show? Because I don't know, man. You know, dude, I mean? it does, man. There's like every day, like I'm, I'm just I scroll through, I open up Facebook, and like you've 
created like some new thing. I'm like, holy shit, like what is he doing now? This is insane. It's it's kind of almost spun out of control, but it's looking badass. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that. It's just you know, this is why I only do maybe one of these a year. You know, it's been <laughs> yeah. a while. Like the last time I did this was Dragon Ball Z. And I, with that one I was able to at least take a lot of the characters and kind of do like these little like toy plushy versions of a lot of characters. Yeah. Um with this one there's so many turtles games that I, I I personally just said, well, I just want to limit it to the stuff that that I personally was affected and influenced by at the time frame it came out. So if you really want to know like what influenced Rob Turtles wise, everything that's on this this Turtles piece is really it. Like all the legit references, things that actually influenced me and 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 I was inspired by and drew from and so from the comics to the fucking fruit snacks, you know, the Farley's fruit snacks. There was oh, a even like Ninja Turtle cream pies. Yeah. yeah. They got the cream pies. I know, right? But the, <laughs> see, the, the thing with the fruit snacks is they were fucking horrible. But what it was was my mom worked at, you know what Head Start is? Mm-mm. What is that? The Head Start is a program that the government set up to help inner city children with food, right? Like a food bank. Um, and my mom, was, she got really corrupt later on in her life and uh so she got a hold of the, the the head start program with a bunch of her corrupt buddies and they started bringing food home guys we made enough money i don't know why my mom was bringing food bank food home and it bothered me to no reason but in there was nothing but capri suns and turtles farley fruit snacks like now yeah. i understand hey, part of a balanced breakfast well they're like hey inner city kids need fucking vegetables i'm like no shit because like fucking they literally fed me <laughs> capri suns you know those green granola bars the green package honey oat granola bars yeah. oh um, yeah they're yeah. just like nuts glued together yeah and that yeah. and and the farley turtles things like i literally that was my my that was my nutrition for a year and a half um which doesn't sound like a lot, but little kid time. It could be five years. And those Farley fruit snacks, they were like fruit snacks of two two steps down in quality. You know? Like, yeah. each character was a different color, but, man, they just stuck to your tea. They were they were almost as mean as juju berries. You guys ever eat those? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah I, I can't. I can actually not eat those as an adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The worst so, fruit but, snacks were the lemon ones. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the juju berries? Huh? Well, the black licorice was the GGB that always snuck up on you in the middle of the fucking theater. You're like, oh, oh, oh I love black licorice. I could, <laughs> I could get down with that. That explains a lot. They would put mint, grape, and black licorice in the same box. I'm like, what were the 30s thinking? You know, like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Speaking of a balanced breakfast, did you remember to include the Ninja Turtle cereal? Yeah, I got the Ninja Turtle cereal in there. Right on. And I got uh, the cheese crackers, the pizza crunchabungas. Uh, those I was not allowed to. We were those were too expensive to buy in my house. <laughs> so uh, someone out there is going to go draw a line somewhere. Well, I drew a lot of lines, but you know, the, <laughs> but you know, uh-huh. the, when, every time I do these, there's always some person like you forgot. Like when I did the uh, the Star Wars piece for Retro Magazine. Yep. Um, someone was like, "You forgot Galaxy of War, Galactic Wars, Empire was it Empire War was the RTS from 2000." And and I'm like, yeah, there was an art Star Wars RTS game. I think it was called Empire War. Um, anyhow, and I'm like, I didn't forget it. I didn't fucking have anywhere to put on here. You know what I mean? Like, no offense, guys. Like, you know, there's always something. So rather than say, hey, I'm trying to put everything there is, 
which by the way, if you want to see everything there is, you should go see turtles wise. You should go look at Kevin Eastman's office. Like you can find those photos online. They recreated it at IDW headquarters in San Diego. Like he brought everything down and recreated that office. And we got to go in there with him um, once and spend the day with Kevin down there. And, and like that, awesome. yeah. So like, I know what everything looks like, you know, and I'm, I'm not drawing all that. So, um, but yeah, I'm about, I did get some good representation. Like there was a uh, C64 turtles painting uh, thing that was only available in the UK, but my buddy used to get a lot of UK shareware from his grandma. So that's when I first found the turtles were called hero turtles back oh, in yeah. overseas yeah I didn't, even, I didn't know yeah but it was like a like a paint program which i i thought was super fun and we would do all the tricks you can to try to turn the screen white you know like if you could fill everything with black and then fill it with white and, and it was stupid <laughs> uh but there's there's posters from the concert there's pictures from the turtles adventure magazine or comics and then the turtles magazine and, and calendars so i only have about three items to draw left i have some pizza slices which will take about 15 minutes i have a little slash figure that's going to go up in the turtles blimp on the top right and then april's going to be wearing a baxter stockman plushie backpack like uh, i had leia do a boba fett backpack on the uh, star wars piece nice. so i'm gonna have her doing the baxter stockman fly and then i can start the painful process of coloring it so look it wasn't my intention to do this when we announced the magazine i'm like yeah i'm almost done and then there was this. What happened was I had planned on just using a piece of pre, this pre-existing art for this turtle stuff that I had as a commission. I did three years ago, but I had the arcade games in there, the, the arcade game and Turtles in Time. When we had this piece in the magazine, which was Turtles in Time versus Hyperstone High, I'm like, well, I'll just add a couple consoles and the games and so they're represented. But what happened, <laughs> what happened was I got the arcade one up Right, the TMNT arcade one up, and I got the the uh, marquee glow up light. It's all set up, and I'm like, I would really like that poster behind here, but I want it to represent all the stuff I grew up. Uh huh. So I just started adding everything I could think of, you know. That so when it sits on the wall, I can be like, that's why I did all this shit. So yeah. You know, okay, you said you had a couple of uh, pieces of pizza left to draw on there. Here's the important question. Which Turtles pizza are you drawing? Pizza Hut or Domino's? Oh, no. Well, I already have Pizza Hut represented in the background for the movie posters, right? Um, I know Domino's was in the original Turtles movie, but I already drew the VHS case. So it's just some slices of pizza. So what it is is I have um, I have Krang, you know, with that robot. I have a plushie in the background, and he's holding the turtle blimp, like, balloon. So I thought on the balloon, because it's a long string, um initially sat lower but when i added the back for stockman pack I was going to cover that balloon up so i thought what i would do is just add a couple slices of pizza now that you bring it up though i could i want to put slash in that balloon i might have them holding a domino's pizza box, <laughs> right that'd be cool and these are like fucking micro details so i'll, I'll finish that then we gotta go on but when i'm drawing these things like I normally draw dynamic, big, kind of like aggressive, fun, sexy characters. When I'm drawing these little plushies, I'm like, I just feel like a fucking kid. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but like all my fellow art peers are drawing like cool shit. And I'm like, here's a Tatsu plushie, you know, Tatsu. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, who, this isn't like a representative of my ability to draw. It's just this goofy little 
like thing you know what i mean which I, it's fun to do but it, sometimes after 100 hours you're like what am i doing this for <laughs> what am i doing with my life <laughs> am i am i tracing like covers now is that my fucking thing so i have to redraw every element when i put in a game cover i put it, an actual game cover into perspective i turn down the opacity and then i have to actually redraw it because one quality varies from image to image and two it looks like shit if it's images so i and when i redraw it i have to also put my own little spin so it fits in the image so i have redrawn every turtles box you can think of from the hostess pies to the cereals to all the stickers to the games game boy logos endless nintendo power magazines i even hid the gamestop magazine back there somewhere there's some japanese i even as an easter egg on the bottom left hand corner I snuck in the cover art to Retropalooza because Retropalooza is fucking awesome. If you've never played it, and we, at some point in the magazine, maybe in a year or so, we should go back and do a Retropalooza feature once we cover enough Sega shit because that's one of the greatest fan games ever made. I never played that. Yeah, so it's a side-scrolling like Turtles in Time style arcade game, but they put every character you can ever imagine because it's a fan game, and they all look like the animated series. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like they give you like it's a pretty tough game, but they give you like nine lives or 10 or something at the start. And when you continue, you get like two. And then it's like, uh, I think you have to. Start yeah, it's like being a again. Kid in our, it's like being a kid in an arcade. You're like, fuck, I suck. Yeah, you know, I got to go spend <laughs> another five bucks to get back to the spot. I last left off and hope I can make it. And you probably won't. (laughs) And you probably won't. You probably won't. Like, they really Uh, stack it against you, like, after that first continue. Okay, so I just wanted to end it on this, Chris. Um, Is So the plan now, and I talked Chris into this. So I'm like, look, here I am spending fucking hundreds of hours drawing this stupid thing. Um, There's all this detail. And, yeah, it's going to be in the magazine as a pinup. But I thought what would be cool... Um, and I priced it out, and it seems doable, is we could do a 11 by 17 fold-out poster for the patrons mm-hmm. of this art. So it'll be on it'll be on a thinner paper stock, but it'll be just like when you used to get a fold-out paper in like magazines like Wizard Magazine, if you remember that, and some of the uh, Adventure Mag... Like, Nintendo Power had like that thicker interior one, but um, other magazines used to do like a cheaper fold-out poster. And, like um, the Ninja Turtles magazine. Like the Ninja Turtles magazine. And I thought that would be cool because it could be folded up, fit right in the magazine. You could put it on your wall, and uh, I think it'll look pretty cool. It's going to look awesome. Cool. It's going to be well worth the wait um, when everyone gets this issue. Like, uh, I think I may have said it last uh, episode, but it's easily going to be the best issue yet. And I'm super excited for everyone to get it. So, And, and I'm not drawing shit like this every issue. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I think each I ha- issue Rob says something like that. Like, I'm never going to do this ever again. Look, my mom, my, my mom, my mom, Freudian slip, my wife. <laughs> Good thing she don't listen to this, Dad. She was nagging me the other night. She likes to go, oh, because I made this joke years ago. This year, I'm never going to learn stuff. Like, I was just going to take what I knew and move forward with projects. Mm-hmm. And that was the year I made Game Fan, right? Oh, <laughs> and she's like, oh, not learning hey. anything, huh? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you can't help yourself, Rob. <laughs> That's what I love about you. So, um, all right, let's get into what we've been watching and what we've been playing. Scotty, you're up first. Yeah. What have you been watching and playing, buddy? Um, finally started Until Dawn with my girlfriend. I played it through. Um, she's a big fan of Robbie Mollick and um, 
playing this now, some of the actors and actresses, I'm like, oh, I've seen them in other stuff since then. This is weird to want to kill them now. Uh, but um, <laughs> Until Dawn is an interesting thing. I don't think the mocap has aged that well already in just a few short years. Uh, but uh, it it is what it is. We'll see how it's going. I want to play Manama Dan, so we got to do this first, though. Um, she's into, I've mentioned on here before, like the Detroit Become Human, and she likes the Life is Strange games we've played, so this is just another one to add on there. Uh, but haven't played too much other than that, but I did finally get um, a repro of Snatcher on Sega CD from, I think, the same guy that Chris got his from, but it is amazing. I've shared it a lot in the Discord, uh, the work that this guy does um, with the with the disc, uh, with the instruction manual in full color, like has the little comic book in there. The box art is awesome. It's in a long box like they used to be. Uh, so I can honestly say like my small Sega CD collection feels a little better now with an actual like quality game in it, because otherwise I've got frickin' Dragon's Lair and uh, one of the Spider-Mans, Mickey Mania and Sonic CD, but it's really good, and I'll I'll um, I'll probably link the guy's info in our description of this, because he's also doing, now that the Akira Genesis game was dumped, he's doing cartridges of that with, like, actual box work, and uh, he was talking to me about other projects he has, like, down the line he's hoping to release Panzer Dragoon Saga, but, but he honestly believes in helping out the collector community because like snatcher goes for like 500 bucks i'm never gonna do that so right this one was much more manageable at uh about 60 bucks for the whole crazy thing when it was said and done um yeah cannot recommend that enough though uh other than that he does super high quality stuff too yeah and i'm I, he's, he's he's also doing that um limited edition or collector's edition snatcher yes uh costs like this. over 100 bucks or something like that i'm i'm an idiot and uh and I bought that, and so yep. it's going to come with a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, cool stuff. But I've been watching his stuff. Um, it's um, if you search uh, retro repair corner on Twitter, you can find him, and mm-hmm. uh, he does good work, man. So good yeah, yeah, the collector's edition. The only reason I didn't do that was because uh, I recently came upon that soundtrack thanks to you, Chris. So, uh, but it's all good. Just yeah, he does really good stuff. Uh, he's working on like police knots as well. Um, doing crazy stuff like releasing soundtracks on Sony mini disc. Um, so yeah, but other than that though, uh, did fit watch and finish the into the darkness horror documentary, horror documentary. That's, uh, just is a crazy love letter to horror films of the eighties, taking it year for year. Um, my uh rachel got the elvira edition and all that means is she has intros to each year and an intro and an outro for the overall documentary um but it's really cool uh any fan of it should should try to find that thing or find it online it's it's four and a half hours long um we yeah we kind of broken down into series like series episodes there's just like one go uh it's 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 one long go but it um, they talk about each year, so you could you, and there's not really a set amount of time that they put into each year because some uh, in between sections are like the villains or like you know the makeup of the '80s and stuff like that. Uh, there's stopping points though. Like we kind of we started it Saturday, and then when we paused to like eat something, we were like three and a half hours in, and so we're like, well. Let's get up and stretch your legs, and then we'll just finish the last uh, hour and a half, I guess, or whatever it was. So we ended up watching the whole thing. Um, 
It's really good, though. There's a lot of, of course, AAA titles in there they talk about, but also the lesser-known ones like The Stuff and Monster Squad they mentioned in there, which was cool. Um, my only like solid complaint of the whole thing is that they just assume you know all the movies they're talking about because we were we started to make a list of like movies we should see based on this thing, but some of them looked cool, but they didn't say what the plot or story was at all. So all we had to go mm. off was like people talking about their favorite moments and stuff. Uh, mm. But it was cool. They had a lot of uh, a lot of people that aren't just stars of movies and stuff, like people that run uh, the the YouTube page. Um, Good Bad Movies, and uh, James Rolfe, the Angry Video Game Nerd's even in it. Uh, of course, um, I forget her full name, Elvira. I think it's Catherine something, but uh, she, of course, talks a lot in it. But they even have, like, I don't know why, but the lead singer is Slipknot. They have him in there talking about stuff. <laughs> why um, not? Yeah, just a lot of people discussing things and, like, favorite parts and inspirations. John Carpenter's all over the place in there, too. Um, but it was really, really cool. Very happy we watched it and have that. Uh, and, and next up, that company's doing uh, 80s sci-fi, though. So you can bet your Ooh. space boots. I am all in on that and waiting for those, like, Indiegogo or Kickstarter to go up for that thing. Yeah, because that was a Kickstarter, right, to, to get that? Yeah, it was on Kickstarter. It was on Indiegogo. Um, what was cool is I asked Rachel, I'm like, so we got the Elvira edition. Was that, like, extra money? She's like, no, it's the same price. You just select Elvira instead of this other version or whatever and... You know, like I said, there's little bonus intros with her. So it, it's it, it, if you're the slightest fan of horror, I recommend checking it out because they'll they'll talk about movies that you'll realize like, oh, I have seen that. And, oh, that's what that's called. Or, oh, this person was in that. Um, yeah. So it, it's really, really good. I think you said you started watching it, Chris, or. Yeah, I, I'm probably about like 45 minutes in or so yeah. uh, around there. Um, really enjoying it so far, uh, but no, it's um, it's good. Hopefully, I'll be able to finish it the, uh, this week. Yeah, I'd say you could watch like half an hour here, half an hour there. You know, I think that's like probably the best way to to to, to get that. But I was I was happy to see my boy uh, Joe Bob Riggs in it. Oh, he's all over the place Great. in there. Yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. So, but it was good. That's what I've done. Not played much. Just watched some stuff. Awesome. Uh, Marson. What do you Hell been, yeah. buddy? It's been a while since you've been on here. I'm sure you've been playing lots of games, watching stuff. Oh, there's a bunch of things I, I definitely have watched since the last time I was here. Um, Star Wars movie. <laughs> oh, what boy. did I think of it? No, uh, no. How much well, you hated it? Oh. Eh, no, I'm just messing. Well, <laughs> I liked it, but it wasn't anything, you know, great, honestly. Like, it did feel like, you know, it's – they were trying to please everybody and, and you know, kind of erase whatever they did in the last one. And then it just ends up pleasing nobody, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I did watch Star Wars. Uh, I watched The Witcher. And then I started playing The Witcher 3 on the Switch, because why not? Um, most recently, that, I, I uh, watched... A girl uh, bathtub scene. Hell yeah. Yeah. As opposed to. <laughs> everybody loves that. <laughs> Um, the most recent ones I saw was 1917 a week ago, Ooh, and then I, I it's really good. Uh, I've seen that I, tonight. I got emotional <laughs> myself at near the end. Mm. Uh, it was really good. Um, it's it's shot. It, it's made to look like it was shot as like one take, but yeah, it it it, it, it was really good. And I saw Parasite last night too. What is that? That was a really good. Uh, so it's actually. Uh, if you were like paying attention to like Golden Globes or that kind of stuff, it won a bunch of awards. It was like the first international film 
or foreign film, I guess, to win some awards. It hasn't won before. Um, it's it, it's interesting. I can't really you can't really pin it down as one genre, but I could say it's like a comedy, thriller, uh, drama. I guess you can say it's it's a Korean film, uh, and it's it's kind of like a good. Uh, commentary and kind of like social class and that kind of stuff but interesting uh, yeah i think it's something you got you should look at if i mean if you're fine with subtitles and and foreign films but (laughs) it's uh it's really good i only do dubbed no subtitles for me (laughs) there was a parasite movie that came up during that 80s documentary i i mentioned i'm like maybe that new one's a a remake and then it's they start like showing clips of this old 80s parasite movie i'm like "Mm, i don't think they're the same thing yeah they're not (laughs) um all right awesome uh david what have you been watching and playing Uh, a few different things uh getting caught up on power rangers beast morphers Watching wrestling as usual, although I've cut the Monday and Friday night stuff out. Uh, you've been watching AEW. Yep. Nice. What do you What do you think of AEW? The upstart promotion with Tony Khan and the boys. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I mean, it's it has its ups and its downs, but I mean, so does WWE. It's. Um, you know, for just starting out, I think they're doing pretty good. And I'm just, just announced they... that they signed a new three-year extension with TN, uh, TNT. So, yep, um, that's big, big news. And they'll be now airing AEW Dark. They're moving that from their YouTube channel, which will um, air during the week on TNT as well. So they're going to have like two nights a week. Um, I, I've been enjoying. It. I really like AEW. Um, I, you know, like like you said, I agree. It does have it, uh, its ups and downs, but I mean, it's a brand new promotion. If they're not even six months into having a live show yet. And, you know, like there's going to be ups and downs and, and, you know, issues with creative and things like that. But yeah. um, I think that they're uh, doing good in that they're listening to feedback and criticism and, and taking it to heart and, and fixing things. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in what they're doing and, and I'm really digging the show so far. Same here. They're putting on some great matches, and it's just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, p- part of what, what I kind of feel like is, like, so some people are disappointed by it. I think they're probably holding it to the same expectation as, like, you know, maybe, like, some of the best stuff WWE has done, because a lot of the stuff lately is not their best. But um Which is totally unfair. You know, like Yeah, exactly. You got this well oiled machine that is like WWE and you have a brand new promotion that's like trying to get up and going and it's just it's completely it's honestly, I mean, it's it's really unfair to even probably compare to NXT because I mean NXT's been going on what, like five years now or so? Um more, I think. Yeah, and so it's like they're just now getting started, they're building the foundation. Um, and they they are going head to head with NXT, and um, and oftentimes they're beating them in the ratings. Uh, it's just Most it's amazing time, yeah. that they're even doing that right out of the gate. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think I just I don't have the same expectations for AEW right now because mm-hmm. they're so young. So it's easier to meet or surpass in that regard. I'm I'm just pleased with what it is, and it's not this big like monstrosity that WWE is like, you know, where you've got Raw and SmackDown and 205 and NXT and pay-per-views yeah. and just so much. I, I had to start cutting out something or else I was going to 
lose my mind. And after Hell in a Cell, it was like, okay, Ooh. that and the launch of, uh, like, when they um, took the belt off Kofi on SmackDown, I'm like, well, I guess I know what I'm t- uh, cutting. Yep, yep, so. same here, same here, so. You know what, you know what dawned on me the other day? I was thinking about AEW, because Kenny Omega did this, uh, some advertisement for one of those TVs, like a giant fucking TV to play Streets of Rage on or something. And, um, <laughs> I know, right? And he's like sitting in front of the screen with his whoo, you know. It's the, the the monitor's all right, dude. But he 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 did his, he sold it pretty well. But I was like, you know, WCW used to do all those crazy like one off like pay per view, you know, mm-hmm. uh, specials mm-hmm. that really had nothing to do with continuity. It was just like they're something bash in the trash yard, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what AEW could? This would be really interesting to try once. Do just a one off. And call it like AEW Retro or something, and just do it all eighty style with VHS style fucking quality, like you know, video, and have them all do like eighties versions of their own characters or new characters that they want. Like, so something totally like if it had existed then. You WWE know, like, oh, did something crazily enough. They did something like that a couple of years ago. Called uh, David, do you remember that? I don't think they, AEW did something a couple of years ago. If that's no, no, no. Mean. I said WWE. Oh, WWE. Yeah, it was um, the one, like, they each had, like, different names. John Cena was doing, like, in on oh, it. Oh, Southpaw Wrestling? Yeah, Southpaw Wrestling. They did exactly what you're talking about, Sketch. And it was yeah. awesome. So fun. Yeah, I mean, I would watch that every year. You know what I mean? Like, a good, <laughs> I would pay I would pay 100 bucks for, like, just just, just go. I don't, you don't have to do a whole league, but just once a year. Yeah. Let's yeah. throw down, like, this shit. Get a Bobby the Brain Heenan-style jacket dude out there. Get a, you know what I mean? Like, get all the crazy, like, even, like, the smaller WCW style rings. Remember those fucking things were so tiny. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, like, if you if you like old school stuff, you should check out the NWA um, Power. On uh, it's on uh, it comes on what every Tuesday uh, on YouTube, and they actually have like studio wrestling, like it was like way back in the day, and it's all kind of um, shot like it was back in the day. It's it it it's in high def, so is it made to look old? But the way they they produce it and the way they um, kind of uh, portray it is like old school style wrestling. Um, and Billy Corgan from uh, Smashing, uh, Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins owns NWA now, and they're what? doing a really good job with it. It's actually very entertaining. I, I watch it every week. Really good stuff that NWA is doing. So if you want to like watch some old school style wrestling, I, I definitely you know suggest you you check out NWA Power. It's good stuff. I haven't watched it. I probably should at some point just to like, you know, see it. But like I said, I'm trying to kind of cut back so it's not completely overwhelming my schedule. But is it NWA Power or NWA Power? Because you got like three or four R's in the name. I think you have to roll the R like uh, like, uh, um, Like in Spanish, like Power. (laughs) Yeah, like a lion. Like a luchador. Or a luchador. Wrestling. So what have you been playing? Um... Well, just to finish on the watching thing, I just want to mention that I'm still catching up on Games Done Quick because they did their YouTube uploads kind of late, but I think they've got everything on there now. A lot of good Sega stuff on there. Um, as for what I'm playing, um, I'm trying to catch I'm trying and I'm failing miserably to get like all caught up on Yakuza before uh, 3, 4, and 5 <laughs> come out. Welcome to the club, yeah. Yes, speaking of a time and, sink. <laughs> yeah i was hold on i was mentioning uh i was mentioning to you earlier off off the stream that they seem to release at the same or more yakuza games a year as marvel films 
you know yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yep. like there's a tremendous instead of dlc they just make new games it's like the yakuza expanded universe or re-release old games <laughs> but i mean I, I i came on board with yakuza zero so i'm i'm perfectly fine with this i've got yakuza 6 sitting in a box waiting for me to finish the rest before i like you know really get into that i i dabbled with it a little bit but i'm like you know what i'm gonna wait this is the big finale. I'm going to wait and do the others in the order and then let, you know, see how this works like as an ending. I'm just waiting until the day that I, uh, my, my family puts me in a nursing home and I'm going to be like in my twilight <laughs> years, I'm just going to sit and play all the Yakuza games and fuck my family. <laughs> so. I felt pretty good about myself on New Year's Eve because we finally used those tumbler glasses you got with Yakuza 6, the collector's (laughs) edition. I was like, we're going to do it up classy. Let's pour some of this cider (laughs) crap in here and feel like it was worth my money. There you go. The uh, other thing I'm trying to do, I'm hoping to like actually get into it today, is uh, I've got the uh, Sega Ages Fantasy Zone and uh, Shinobi to play for the site. So I'm really looking forward to diving into those. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see how those are. There's some there's some really cool additions that they're um, you know, adding into those. Like M2, man, like they're doing so much stuff. I didn't realize that M2 is doing that Turbo Graphics mini. Oh like yes. Those, they're they're doing fucking everything. Wow. Like every mini console they're doing and they just got so much stuff um I like it's so weird that there's just a company that specializes in like all these retro games but they just do them so 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 well um that everyone like wants to buy everything that they do it's uh it's awesome man like i love him too dudes are are crazy. they uh are they still working on that console from 1997 mm-hmm. i'm sorry the what now the, Ma- the m2 the matsushita oh they we're making oh. a console back in 97 right it's the same dudes I don't know. Were they? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of guys from like Edge or, or sorry, Next Generation like left to go. It's one of those first Phantom like consoles that never appeared anywhere. But the uh, 3DO M2. There you go. Is that no? It's not. Was it 3DO? It was M2. No, the 3DO Panasonic and Sonic released the Panasonic. Yeah, I thought it was like the Matsushita M2. The 3DO would license out the technology to different like you know companies. They'd charge whatever which is why it was so overpriced and then like you know they make the money off the software was the idea but it didn't really work out the it was a uh, terrible business plan not not a great one i mean i guess it works for vcrs and dvd players but not so much for video games i love i i love the 3do just for being just so weird and quirky and so i own a couple different versions of i think i own two different fc tens but I really want the Gold Star uh, one, Jeez. which I've never really played cool. a 3DO. Uh, they're fun. I mean, it's, they're not great games. On one of the weirdest consoles. things yeah. about the 3DO is that if you want to play a multiplayer game like locally, you have to uh, daisy chain the controllers. Like they don't. It's there's only one controller port, and oh, like the Turbo Graphics. Well, the other the other controllers plug in to like the first player controller and so you just daisy chain them together it's it's a really weird thing (laughs) not next generation at all it's kind of strange so like if you're playing a football game or like a a fighting game you could just unplug the other person's controller yeah the technical term for it is pad to pad 
Yeah. Oh boy. Pad to pad. Pad to pad. Speaking of uh, M2, the uh, developer, not the uh, console, uh, they have uh, made some of their own games, at least, which have been pretty good. Which uh, games? I, offhand. Uh, they did the Konami Rebirth Collection on WiiWare, and they did Gauntlet, or was it called Gauntlet 2? There was a Sega Genesis version that was supposed to be a really good one that basically established them, and it's really too bad it wasn't included on the Genesis Mini. But those yeah. are the ones I can think of offhand. Uh, I would love to see them tackle maybe a Sega property since they did. I think they did really well with the uh, Contra and uh, Castlevania Rebirth games. Offhand, which if you could pick one Sega property that hasn't been done that you want M2 to bring back, what would it be? Ooh, um, that is a tough one. There's only I one think... answer. I, I think Here I know what he's going to say. Oh, okay, and no, all that's, that's that's no pressure because I'm thinking like you know I haven't seen a good Golden Axe in a while, but okay. not what I thought you were gonna say, but okay. I know. I, know uh, I felt Garfield caught in the act was too obvious. <laughs> <and twice. laughs> very I thought you were say Alex did. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I, I figured you were gonna say Alex Kidd, but Garfield was is great. <laughs> like a sketch, you you probably could have uh, you probably would guess that one. But uh... I was like, he's gonna say Garfield, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my only one, he didn't he didn't say Garfield. He felt he felt the need to say the cool thing. What he really wanted to say was Gar- Garfield. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's what I want and what I think might actually happen. I, I lean towards the latter. So it's funny. What's funny is like we were I was I was just at a uh, a thrift store yesterday and I, I saw a bunch of like Garfield um uh comic books, you know, those like those little weird um kind of like they they were just like uh comic strip style books, but they were just like a weird kind of uh form. They're like just really short and like you know, long or whatever. Kind of like the far side books, I guess. It was the comic strip collections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't help anytime I see Garfield stuff now, I always think of David. I, I couldn't help it. So. <laughs> I would say, look, look, I know you're like, I just, what, what would actually happen? But think about it, David. Like, Garfield has more relevance now than Golden Axe. I mean, Garfield has a kart racing game that everyone talks about. <laughs> yeah. If Golden Axe had a kart racing game, maybe. For I think sure. it's more likely for Garfield to get a port or a new game than, than Golden Axe. I'm, I'm just saying. Gar, Garfield Axe. <laughs> Garfield Axe now, now that's Scotty is a future trophy there you we know? go oh no I'm done we gotta talking. find a way to play Golden Axe with Garfield or we can mod him in somehow yeah, I'm sure there's Garfield a Garfield Axe. controller or something somewhere oh a really shitty Garfield controller mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, I mean, you guys want a quick side story I can, I can do this really fast it's Garfield well, related that's fine with me Okay. So this is a little dark, but I'm going to go there. I'm just warning Uh-oh. you. Yeah. Oh, so no. in the sixth grade, I, I was I got this teacher named Mr. Bizzle, and I was told that he's he's really strict, but if you want to get on his good side, he loves Garfield. Now, Garfield was my favorite car mixer at the time, which, you know, eventually we went over to Calvin and Hobbes once I understood the jokes, you know? But I really <laughs> liked the way Javis drew, you know, his shapes, and the cartoons were fun. So yeah. I came to fucking class with a whole folder decked out in Garfield shit, I got the Garfield calculator. I got all this stuff, man. The kids were just like, you're a dork. And he was like, that's great. And the <laughs> next day, he jumped off the Coronado Bridge. Like, literally that weekend. <laughs> <Jeez. himself. laughs> like, right? Wow. I'm not laughing at it. I'm just saying, like, you never see that coming, right? Like, So I had all this Garfield shit, and he was not there past the first day. 
you know? Um, I just got made well, fun of entire year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you talked about getting dark, and I'm like, okay, there was like the <laughs> one where Garfield like finds himself all alone in an empty house, and mm-hmm. you know, there's that thing that came out recently where he's like this kind of Cthulhu type monster, and it's like, okay, Garfield's no stranger to dark, so like, you know, how bad can this be? And then you hit us with that. That's like, yeah. well, okay then. <laughs> That's what yeah. I call a case of the Mondays. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, sorry, that's... even I was disappointed with my own joke halfway through. <laughs> Ooh, too soon. Rob, uh, why don't you tell us? You haven't gone yet, right? Have I what? Have you told us what you've been uh, up to, what you've been playing? Oh, uh, I've been playing Raise the Puppy. You ever hear of this game? You buy a puppy and you raise it. Like that's my fucking week. You did get a puppy. Congratulations! That <laughs> I, he looks adorable. How are awesome the controls? <laughs> you know, surprisingly, the the dog, he's super good, dude. I'm not gonna spend the whole time talking about my dog, but he's super good. Right now, he's doing crate training while we're doing this, so he's barking his head off. But once I go down there, he shuts up and he follows the dog, and he knows. Up and he just learned up and down the stairs, you know, which he's really nervous about. But he's a super good dog. He's chilling. He's he's smart. He's learning all this stuff. So, uh, it's been he's already potty trained now too. Like we got on that within a week. So, it was tough with the snow because they freeze, you know. And he, so he was like, "I'm cold," and I was like, "Go." So that was <laughs> that was fun. It took five little uh, like a uh, year, like so long to to be potty trained. He was, and I, I try to crate train him. And everything that I read was like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it because, like, puppies, what they'll do is, like, they'll go, like, potty or, you know, like, they'll go to the bathroom on one end of the crate and they'll stay on the other end. I'd come home every day and he would just, it looked like he just rolled around in his right. And I'm just like, what are you doing? So every day I have to come home and, like, give him a bath and then wash out his crate and it's just, like, rinse and repeat the next day. So he was in, He was so bad. Um, playing wise, um, I just want to say he's a miniature Schnauzer mix, so he's a tiny little. Call him Baxter. He looks looks like a little Schnauzer-y version of uh, Anchorman's dog. He's, he's great. Um, but playing, hopefully Jack wise, Black doesn't uh, punt him off a bridge. Well, well, we watched it the night we brought him home, so we're all dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had that on there, and he fell asleep Hilarious. watching. Yeah, <laughs> right during the jazz flute. Oh no, it was it the fight between Vanessa Corninson and 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 uh, Ron Burgundy when he's hogging the vcr player <laughs> yeah so like he just passed out around there so it was super fun nice. um playing wise i've been playing brass tactics on my oculus link so i have the quest and oculus finally released their official link cable which allows you to plug it into your pc and play games on oculus store or steam and you can use a normal USB-C, but they have this cable it's it's like 15 feet long and it's super lightweight. It's uh, fiber optic and shit. So it's not cheap, but I'm like, whatever, I got it. And uh, I'm glad I spent the money because it works flawlessly. I, I was trying the USB-C for a while, and it was kind of a pain to set up. Sometimes I'd recognize it, sometimes I wouldn't. But Brass Tactics is a R, is an RTS uh, board game style RTS game. You can play against a computer or against people online. And it's super awesome because, like, you just use your hands to crawl across a board and you can move anywhere you want. And you can select characters and throw them over here and then, like, set up little forts. Like, I'm not an RTS guy. Everyone knows I love Shining Force and Final Fantasy Tactics. But StarCraft, like, that RTS real time, I was never able to get into it because uh, I can't see the map. Like, I can't, like, rotate and look around. Like, I, I, I don't 
do well with like how far back is that map it's not like a shining force map where the action sort of takes place you know within a certain defined area those maps they get fucking dense but i always had this dream that eventually there'd be one in vr where i could just look around and i gotta tell you guys man like this is fucking awesome like just the idea that like imagine if you could get your star wars action figures and just take them out your case in vr and put them down and here's all my stormtrooper dudes and they can have them go fight you know what i mean like it's like playing with toys but you get to see them actually do the shit you were imagining so uh, i i absolutely love it it looks cool i'm looking at little screenshots of it and at first i thought of um that like for your kids first tabletop uh uh hero scape i think it was called or something like that does that sound familiar to anybody mm, i don't know um but yeah it looks like it has it, it, it's uh it looks epic enough but it still kind of has a toy figurey kind of look to it so like you said it does look like you're playing with your toys and back in the early 2000s i mean i, I was i have a game developer friend he was uh, the lead on um games like deadhead fred and Death junior and he he was developing a comic book with me. He's he's cousins with Kevin Eastman. That's how I know Kevin Eastman. And uh, and I used to pitch this idea to him. Like I'm like I, I want a toy box game where you can actually spend the first part like Rampart, the game Rampart, where you build a castle. You'd spend oh, yeah. time in a sandbox where you dig out your fort like you would with the cup. You know, put water in there, build a moat, take your action figures and put them in. And this was before Skylanders had come out because he was trying to do like a, a similar thing to Skylanders, but this it was more realistic. It was this toys. And I was like, but I was pitching him this idea when he was telling about his toys for gaming. And he's like, I don't know how you would do that with, I don't know how you could play that, that idea. But in VR, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, like if you could just, if you, if you had like a box of stuff and items, you could just stack up and build quick forts and then take your figures and place them all around and then go battle. Man, dude, I just, there's so much potential in VR. Like I have a friend that was working on VR. He did all the VR stuff for the, like the Spider-Man VR and he did the Blade Runner VR stuff, and um, his name is Brian uh, Brandon Popovich. He he worked on Sunset Overdrive. And he did a lot of that dev on there. And oh, cool! On uh, real art and stuff on there. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, he's super. He's dude, Brandon's super awesome. He's just at Nomon now, and I was like showing him this this mod I have on. It's not a mod. It's an app on the Quest called 3ds uh, any 3D NES VR, and it's an NES emulator, but. Um, he extrudes the pixels out so you get these cool little like di- 3d dioramas out of the levels and you can look around them and move around and it it takes it makes retro feel new and fresh and just as fun and not ruining the retro feel i'm like why can't you just have an arcade like where facebook spent some fucking money where they take a pre-existing pre-existing retro indie retro games like shovel knight or you know uh, cyber shadow or are they all these different like retro style games and then extrude them out like that? Or you can play them 2D or extrude out like that in VR, you know, like an indie cave and just, just port. They don't have to create new content, just port that content over onto like the Rift Store because then it would be playable on the Quest and everything else. But I mean, there's just so many options. I mean, even like Sega, we were talking about the Sega 3DS games, Chris. Remember like those, the Sega 3DS yeah, yeah. apps? And how amazing they are in the 3DS. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why doesn't Sega just have a retro arcade cab, like little mini app on, on VR that you could literally play the arcade game, like the Outrun. You could sit in it, you know what I mean? Or the uh, Afterburner. You could do G-Lock R360 and actually go 360 degrees and vomit in your living room. Like that would be... Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> 
the you know what I mean, man. I'm the VR guy. I think the future of retro is VR. I keep saying that, and I'm I'm sticking to it. That'd be a great way for the uh, arcade games, but maybe they're too focused on the uh, on the Genesis stuff. Too focused on Yakuza games right now. That's the problem. Yeah, that, well, I mean, yeah. when it comes to like you know, not Yakuza. <laughs> no, that'd be cool. That would be awesome. Um, so I I've been playing some River City Girls this uh, past week. Uh, I ended up streaming that with Odin on Wednesday. So I've I've basically taken over the Wednesday stream. Scotty, I think you were doing Wednesdays before, and I kind of take took that off your plate. Yeah. And uh, that way, Scotty can kind of focus on on doing more of the editing of the podcasts and that sort of thing. So I'm going to try to start streaming on Wednesdays. So this past week, I, we did River City Girls. Um, so Odin and I streamed that, and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I will say, man, that has some of the the, the best animations and like a mm-hmm. pixel style game that I've played in a, in a long time. It's basically like a, uh, a old school beat 'em up style of game. That's really, really good. Um, oh. I was really impressed with it. I didn't know too much of it. I saw like uh, you know some stuff on it online, and I uh, I just came into it really not knowing a whole lot about it. But the um, just the different like the fighting engine and everything is done really, really well. Um, it, it the the combat feels really good, which is really important in kind of a beat 'em up brawler like that. I really enjoyed it. Um, I know, Scotty, you were kind of pissed off that you missed out on the Uh, limited run uh, physical edition, right? Yeah, I learned of it. It has a great soundtrack, and I learned of it through the soundtrack and then found out that it had been released a little bit ago. And um, it's, uh, you know, everybody knows River City Ransom from, I want to say, the Super Nintendo. I can't remember exactly, but... The NES. Oh, is it the NES? Okay, that makes more sense. And there's a Game Boy Advance release years later. Gotcha. Um... But yeah, so in this one you play as the girlfriends rescuing the dumb boyfriends this time. Um, but uh, but yeah, Limited Run did a release on it. I actually, a buddy of mine's down in PAX South, and he was able to swing by Limited Run's booth and grab me the PS4 version, so I'm very happy about that, rather than the crazy scalpers asking prices. But it looks really solid, fun game, good um, visuals, kind of Scott Pilgrim-esque artwork, which it was even taken from River City Ransom, so what does that mean? But yeah. Yeah, no, River, it, it's Riverception. Really exactly. <laughs> I've I've got this. I've had this game for a while, but I haven't had a chance to play it. And just on a uh, related note, tying back to earlier when uh, you guys brought up Alex Kidd, I actually think uh, would have probably uh, fit that more with WayForward than uh, M2. But that's just me. So that would be good. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's who does River City Girls, and I need to just keep watching their stuff. Like WayForward almost does no wrong. Have you have you played uh, Double Dragon Neon? Hell yeah, I have. It's really good. <laughs> how how does River City Girls compare to that, Chris? Um, I I like River City Girls a lot better. I'll say that. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's been me. a while since I played uh, Neon. I I played it when it came out um, a bit. I didn't complete it, but I, I played it um, a bit. But it's 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 kind of hard to for me to remember back like a lot of the details about it but i i definitely think river city girls is is the stronger game there okay well that's a strong recommendation oh uh also to tie things back to the ninja turtles stuff we were talking about earlier you guys know way forward did a ninja turtles game right did they was that the remake danger of, of the ooze i believe it's kind of a uh, metroidvania oh. type game uh it's really good hmm 
Yeah, what Wave 4 has been a lot of underrated, like, little DS ports and games that just went under the radar. That, that was definitely one of them. It came out on 3DS, and I think it got ported to the PS3 and 360, I want to say. Maybe, yeah. it, maybe it was PS4 and uh, Xbox One. I forget. It, it's uh, it's available on consoles, though, if you check the uh, shops. Yeah, it was out in 2014. It, I don't think it had like any marketing, because I only remember seeing it because I worked at a store, and I just saw it on a shelf. I'm like, what? New Turtles game. <laughs> um, yeah, I think at the time, we, we were hoping it would be Pixel, and it's more of a... It's the 3D models, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's the only, like, you know, it's the only downside. But it's based off the Nickelodeon cartoon. It looks well, amazing. It's 3D, so using the 3D actually makes it look like the show. So that's, you know, fair enough in that case. Yeah, I let it go and played it. And it's it's really one of those underrated little licensed titles that, you know, goes under the radar. Yeah, better than other ones I've played uh, based on it. They actually have, you know what? Uh, shoot. Um... I forget the I forget the name of the company. It's the, uh, Jarvis uh, Jarvis's new thing. Uh, the guys who do uh, cruising and that stuff. Uh, they do. Um, they've got a new uh, Ninja Turtles arcade game based on that uh, show too. I got to play it a little while back. The four player brawler is that what you're thinking of? Yep. Yeah, I dabbled in it a little bit. I didn't get much time with it, but uh, it's it's very colorful and large. <laughs> Um, last up, I watched, uh, Terminator Dark Fate last night. Has anyone seen that? Uh, Unfortunately for me, I have not. Yeah, Marcin and I, when we happened to both see it in the same weekend, did kind of a spoiler cast on it, and the other, whenever that was out. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there was a giant rant about it. Um, (laughs) I watched, um, I ended up, I ended up buying the 4K version on Amazon last night. It was $25. I had drank a little bit too much. Jesus. My only option two, was to buy it. I just bought two DSLR cameras, Chris, and I think I think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, we're gonna buy it. And and um and Jamie's like, Well, why don't you get the like the regular version? And I'm like, we're no, we gotta get the 4K. It. it was like twenty five <laughs> the regular version. <laughs> I, I know I laughed at her. I'm like, as I'm buying the the twenty five dollar four K digital version. Question: which... If they had a forty dollar Doctor Thunder edition, would you have bought that? Yeah, absolutely, Doctor Thunder. <laughs> Give me that every day. Just randomly no, no, no. throughout the movie, there's commercials for Doctor Thunder. If That's it was Doctor Thunder, it would probably be like a two ninety nine version. Came with product placement with shorts and it's like you're drinking Doctor Thunder. One forty. Who, who's that guy on YouTube? Doctor Disastrous or Doctor Disrespect? Disrespect wouldn't it be great if he did commercials for Doctor Thunder. <laughs> I think they um they even like uh had a NASCAR for a while, like Doctor Thunder NASCAR. <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> I I think they did. I'm looking it up. Let me see. Dr. I'm, I'm Thunder NASCAR. You keep talking about your poor decisions. I'll look it up. What if we're making all these jokes, but Dr. Thunder cures cancer one day, and we have to name it Dr. Thunder? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're like, well, I was a kid. Dr. Thunder's a soda. Now it cures cancer. And you're like, well. <laughs> all so that's coming up is I, Days of Thunder. I can't find anything other than Days oh, of God Thunder. Uh, yeah, they, like you do Thunder and NASCAR. What else are you going to get, right? Right. Yep. But um, I don't know, man. Like I will say, there, I love the Terminator series. And right I, I, it's one of my favorite, favorite series. Um, 
overall, I, I'll say that like I, I did enjoy the movie, but there there is a lot of issues here. Um, I will say like one of the things I like most about it is the CGI because there's version there, there's a scene, and I'm not going to go into spoiler territory, but there's a scene where there is a young Sarah. Like there is okay, it looks like it would have taken place after Terminator Two with Sarah Connor and John Connor. Right. Right. Um, and the CGI models look really good. Like uh, it, it, you have to really look close. Yeah, definitely uncanny. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, well, I don't think it was uncanny Valley because it looked like them. Like it didn't look to the point where it was weird. Um, it, it looked really good. Like it was uncanny in a good way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and I, so I liked that. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, because a lot of the, 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 these last couple Terminator films, like I can't remember which one it was, but it, they basically recreated oh, the Genesis. scene in the original Terminator when Arnold was walking, um, like when he was still <laughs> naked and he had that whole scene where he was, uh, asking like, uh, the, those like punks for their clothes or whatever. And that looked, that looked really good, but you could still kind of tell it was CGI. This looks even better. It's like the next step after that um, looked really, really good. But the problem is when you introduce time travel to a series, anytime that someone time travels and does something and like, and, and there's like a story after that, you could always just say like, why don't they just time travel before that and it just stops that one thing from happening? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're echoing and, and what Marson like, and it, I said, it, essentially. It creates this, like, perpetual issue. It's just like, okay, well, if that happened, why wouldn't they just send the other dude back right before that happened and they could just stop this whole movie from happening? Well, I have a theory about it, and it actually dates to um, an actual topic of on time travel that was done seriously with some scientists on Coast to Coast like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Is it true? It was, the idea, it was the idea, no, it's the idea that you can't go any further back in time travel than when it was first created. That once you create time travel, then it, the possibilities of that occurring. So they can't go farther back than the first time Sarah would have experienced that Terminator. Right? That's when things change. That's when that technology exists. And it's a, it's a, it's a mind fuck. It's like, which one exists, the chicken or the egg first? But like that is the going theory. Look, I used to be part of a James Cameron podcast. <laughs> These guys, wow. I, I, I'm big in the James Cameron. These fucking dudes, like <laughs> whole nother level. Like, you ever think you really know some shit? Like, I know some shit, and then you meet some people who know. Like, oh, I don't know nothing. Like, <laughs> these it's were on the a whole other level. Yeah, and it was about like all James Cameron. I was like, I'm pretty well versed, but holy shit! So that's the theory. Um, but the movies never really deal with it very well, you know, and they've gone off the board in terms of production, you know, like spending way too much money. I always wish, though, Chris, that the way to deal with that and this I because I thought about that back in, you know, after the second movie came out, I'm like, just call the third movie Dark Future, where you started off at the at the where John Connor and them send Terminator to the, the second Terminator back in time. Right. And they destroy the facility and they, they're stuck in their timeline moving forward. Like, even though he goes back and can save the future, maybe, maybe not, they don't get to be a part of that timeline. So they're still stuck fighting Skynet in their future, you know? And like, 
you could have answered that away. Like it can't go back any further than the first time it appeared. Then it could be like, well, which, but if he went, how, how could he go that far back? Well, that's the first time she experienced it. And she's the connecting part of that alternate timeline to our timeline. Right. She's, mm-hmm. she's the only thing that existed in that past that existed in the past that would exist in the alternate in the dark future. She's the connecting thread. So you could have thrown that. There's a place to have that conversation, you know, um, but it's not being had. It's just sort of turns into like, here's another action set piece, you know? And it's yeah. I, that. I think what they should do is what they did with the Halloween franchise, because after Halloween 2, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, what they did is basically they, they reset everything after Halloween, like one, and they just created a whole new timeline. That's think- what that's what this movie was supposed to do with the third film, right? That's what I thought. And so, look the the biggest let's just the biggest shame of the Terminator stuff uh, beyond the third movie being what it was is Salvation could have been that that movie that Christian Bale as John Connor, you know what I mean? And Mad yeah. Max, dark, you know, future mm-hmm. wasteland with robots, and and it, all I had, all they had to do was be like, yeah we stopped that from happening in a timeline, but in this timeline, we're still, you know, we thought we won the war, but we didn't, you know what I mean? Like, and now we're fucked still fighting them. And what does that mean? So like, and then he can move forward in that, that darker timeline. But now, I mean, like you end up with the Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles, which is in a way is a reboot as well of, you know, like where they're in high school with the Terminator, and like <laughs> I know a lot of people are fans of the show, and it's a very CW, you know, as mm-hmm. fairly well written, but you know, it's still CW, you know, Smallville style. I think that's the stuff. one Terminator thing I haven't seen in a like relatively timely fashion. You were gonna finish? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not just. I'm just saying that's the, that's the one. Part oh, of Terminator that I haven't seen is uh, the Sarah Look, Connor Chronicles. Every time they relaunch this Terminator franchise, let me, t- let me tell you how it's going to go. You're going to hear it again because it's going to happen again, <laughs> right? But I'm going to tell you, like the Terminator movies repeat themselves. Here, this the production on Terminator films repeat themselves. It always starts off with this. They're developing a Terminator sequel, and it's going to be uh, low. They're going to do low budget. And they're going to get back to, like, focusing on the, the tone and the whole. And then it eventually balloons into a $300 million film. It's probably when, like, the like the studio heads get involved. Well, Anna Perna, who does small independent films, got the rights to the Terminator franchise uh, for Genesis and was going to do a small, low-budget Terminator sequel. Because that's what she does. Artistic. She produces artistic, low-budget films. But that studio gets involved. Man, they just... They just can't, they just can't not keep throwing shit in there, you know? And, and and the way to also look at this is you guys remember the Amazing Spider-Man series that one right after the Raimi's with uh, Garfield. I remember that they happened. I never saw either one. What's that guy's name? That Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. So that started out as we're going to do a low budget uh, Spider-Man film, a reboot that's going to be more gritty. We're going to do all the effects on the street. No CGI Spider-Man. We're going to actually have them swinging around physically on the street, real, and we're going to do it for like $60 million, kind of like what the Joker did, but with Spider-Man. And when they were filming it, you could see them out on the street like actually him swinging around. And everyone was like, wow, we're going to see him physically swinging through buildings. That's going to be crazy, and that's it's going to look different. It's going to be smaller. going to be kind of a love story. And then the very first trailer for that movie was a giant CGI first person 
like, like yep. you know, got to be like a good $10 million animated trailer, you know? And it, from there on out, it was just like, here's all the CG effects shoved into this film and blown out of proportion. And it's just like the Terminator franchise gets the same thing. Our only hope for this is if Warner Brothers would hand it to HBO and let them do a series on HBO Max. Like, the Terminator franchise has gotten passed around so much. But see, it's eventually going back to Cameron. And he said once he gets full control of it back, um, he's just going to sit on it. It's not going anywhere. He's not, he's not going to make shit. So everyone was like, well, he keeps supporting these films. I'm like, yeah, because he gets a, he's playing nice, guys. It doesn't behoove a, 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 it doesn't behoove any director to talk shit about studios he might be working for and he's doing business with, right? He gets a paycheck. Yeah. So he can do his best to come in there and influence it, right? But if he plays ball and it does well, then hey, he gets a paycheck. If he doesn't, then he gets the rights back and he said he'll sit on it. And I just, I just think, guys, like gaming is where the Terminator franchise really could could do well if they could put some decent money into it you know what i mean like oh for sure good. for sure yeah like if cd project red could make a terminator game like whew, there'd be there'd be some fun oh man or, that would be or fun. even respawn right like, yeah they're pretty good oh. just gonna throw out there that i loved genesis and I not just for that as well <clears throat> and i'll only say this in terms of terminator games it'd be maybe not as much a cash in anymore but um Oh God, what's it called? Oh geez, what's it called that Fortnite and 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 uh something mm. battlegrounds? What are those called? Someone help Players me. Unknown or Player yeah, Unknown? Called G? Yeah, no. What is, what's the genre though? Battle Royale. Yeah, Battle yeah. Royale. I could see a Terminator Battle Royale, like after oh, Judgment Day has, has happened and stuff. Why not? Yeah, that actually seems really fitting. Hell yeah, pay me. <laughs> Speaking of pay, uh, paying you, Scotty, let's uh, let's get that sack out. Hell yeah, pay pay me. Here we go, and we've <laughs> got mail the mail sack going. Nothing on the Twitter, but that's okay. We dive into our Discord, which everyone can hop into and chat it up with us. Ichabod Brain says, "Does Sega have a fighting game division? What happened to Virtual Fighter?" Um, and then we actually a uh, member of the staff, Anti Chris, hopped in and said, "Well." Arc System Works kind of took over that shit as Sega publishes most of what they release. So, that turns into Ichabod Brain's actual question. Well, where is our dream match Sega Fighter-Man? Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax doesn't count. What's Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax? Uh, Fighting Climax is a fighting series. Dengeki Bunko is kind of like, if you think of like the uh, Shonen Jump kind of deal with a bunch of different anime characters. Um... Fighting Climax had like Sword Art Online people, uh, and I don't remember who else. Whoops. But I guess the I can look it up here and double check who else is in that. But what do you got? Who do you guys want? Like, I think he's thinking of like a fighting fighters mega mix kind of deal. What would I was about to say? Didn't we already have that in fighters mega? Yeah, but we can probably count on maybe two hands the amount of people that have played that game, myself included. Fair. So, but Dengeki Bunko, I think they called it like Virtua Fighter Royale and had any Sega character being there and it looked anime style like the way they did Dragon Ball Fighters. It would be pretty amazing from Arc System Works. So you could have Sonic, you could have the car, you could have the Virtua Fighter dudes, you could have Golnax, you can't have Garfield. Uh You could have Alex Kidd. Fuck it, why not? You can have Fantasy Zone, Chris's favorite game. Um, <laughs> Columns, that would be a great, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah, I've always said it would be great if somehow, even though it's not a Nintendo property, if like somehow they threw into Smash Brothers, you play as the Tetris blocks. So maybe have the columns uh, gems. Especially if somehow. it were the, uh, the Nestor, the Howard and Nestor style Tetris blocks. Remember they did the Howard? Oh, yeah, I remember those. When Tetris came out for Game Boy, they had Howard and Nestor as claymation little Tetris figures. Yeah, or, I was about to yeah. say. Oh, okay. okay. I'd love to see Sumo do a Smash Brothers type uh, Sega All Stars game. Yeah. That well, I mean, that's what everyone has wished that they were going to do, you know, for so long. There was all these rumors that Sumo would finally be able to do a fighting game, but they never, nothing ever came of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Shining Force. Oh, God. Yeah, I love, the... You could even have some uh, of the Puyos, too. Definitely. Playable well, characters. I mean, Puyo has actual characters, too. Like, they did a whole True. JRPG, mm-hmm. so they could throw those characters in, but... The Dengeki if... game, the fighting climax game, had characters from different animes like Sword Art, um, Dorara, uh, Rogue Boy, Strike the Blood. Um, even some uh, Valkyria Chronicles characters were in that fighting game. I think if you're going to have a Puyo character, uh, going back to Smash on that idea, basing it off Pikmin would be a good idea. Yeah, I can see that. You'd have, like, you know, the uh, player character, like, uh, in the place of Olimar, and then, like, you know, the different colored Puyos instead of the Pikmin. Yep. That could be cool. That could you had me work. a Seaman, right? Oh, no. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. <laughs> I would see him, like, how the... Uh... How the Nintendogs is a is a quote unquote assist trophy or whatever in Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Like C Man would come up to the screen and block most of it with his insults of like, "Oh, you decided to wear that today," and that just takes up like a third <laughs> of the screen or something. You know, that would so, be great. Uh, overall, the summation is we want more C Man, and um, that's really all our questions. So zipping it back up. All right. That was Scotty Sack. Yep. Let's get into the news now, where we oh. talk about. The biggest headlines from the Sega community. I think David uh, had something okay. more about my sack. David, you oh, want to talk I just, about Scotty's sack for a minute. I just wanted to throw in that I still think it's a shame, given where Virtual Fighter has ended up, that they just kind of absolutely just cut off uh, Eternal Champions for it. Oh. Oh, no. Well, now you're talking more about Chris's sack since you mentioned Eternal Champions. <laughs> I just bought Eternal Champions on Sega CD um, at uh, MAGFest. So I'm hoping that we can do, uh, I can finally convince uh, Rob that we have to do some sort of like retro review on Eternal Champions one day. Who's Rob? We should talk to Sketchcraft about it, though. <laughs> Sketch Rob. Ah, okay. You know what, man? Only Rob for Kraft. Chris. One day, one day we will do an Eternal Champions cover. Oh, oh my God! Thank God. <laughs> and I and Chris, I won't I won't fuck around. I'll I'll do the best do job that can, that'll be the. But you know what? Every now and then we got to throw a gatefold front and back cover. You know. Ooh. Oh. So I, I'm gonna get my shining fours and I'll give Chris an eternal oh, chance. Oh man. Right, gotta so. make some room in my pants now. Yeah, I was gonna say, change your pants and <laughs> let's get another news. Eternal here. champions, eternally hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there could be a cover like, story there. Like Sega's yeah. Fighting Legacy or just Virtual Fighter versus Eternal Champion, since those are the two that kind of butted heads maybe, the most. And Maybe the review is just pictures of Chris's face while he plays the game. Oh, no words, just pictures of reactions. It could or be like, like that whole Game Pro. Like, I was just about thing. to say, yeah, we, we use your face. For... Oh, no. That could be, that could like, be a thing. We more like internal, talking about his pants, more like eternal damp loins. Yeah, got it. All right, news. Help. 
Let's do this. Okay, so first bit of news up is Streets of Rage 4 is going to get a physical release by our boys at Limited Run Games. So they announced that uh, this past week that they're going to be doing a physical release of this game. And that is some some really killer news. I don't know if how excited you guys got about that, but they basically just announced it on social media out of the blue. Um that they're going to be doing the physical version of this, and I'm super, super excited about it. What do you guys think? Yeah, a lot of people are saying put out a cartridge, and I don't know. That could maybe... I'm not saying that the game will be on a cartridge, but they've done stuff recently with, like, Nintendo 64 cartridges, Limited Run has. Um, So maybe they'll have some sort of, like, little cardboard cartridge that has the game in it somehow or something crazy or it's just bundled with it something like that uh, then they do that for um uh toe jam and Earl. uh uh oh god back in the groove they had a an edition that was in a mega drive genesis case and was just a cardboard cartridge maybe they'll do something like that for this i don't know but i'm excited yeah for sure uh if i can get one i'm all about it yeah you just got to be on their site at the right time and not worry about asshole scalpers, hopefully. hopefully. Well, if I had my, my... I don't mean to cut you out, David. Every time we talk, I get, we're, we're at the same the same <laughs> speech. If I had my druthers, though, I wish we could get one of those desktop arcade cabinets, like the little mini ones, you know, with all four games on there. Like That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Little cab, the Neo Geo cab like they have now, or whatever the Neo Geo minis are. Like that size, you mean? Yeah, one of those little desktop ones. I got one for Dragon's Lair coming. Remember mm-hmm. we we played them at the um, they had a Tempest oh, and a Street yeah. Fighter one. I forget what they're oh, Re- Replicate. Yeah, Maybe. Replicate. So I I, yeah. I kickstarted their Dragon Slayer one. I was gonna say we need if Arcade One Up did something with this, but I was hoping that we'd get that. Um, I so I'm just excited that it looks like Arcade One Up and Sega's finally come to some sort of deal, so we could um, you know, we could you know, have something, you know, like this down the road, you know, now that there is a, some, you know, some form of, of a deal between these two companies, like we could see something like that down the road. I think that would be great, but they, they've not really done, they focus only on arcade releases up to this yeah. point. Obviously, you know, Streets of Rage isn't an arcade game, but um, anyway, like I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what limited run games is going to do from a kind of collector's edition standpoint, because, I've shied away from a lot of like their higher end collector's editions up to this point, but I'm going to go balls to the wall on a Streets of Rage collector's edition. I whatever like they come out, I'm getting that. Uh, I, I I'm really really excited. I'm hoping that we could get some sort of like figure or statue or something. I think that would be great. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Who would you want the statue to be of? Uh, Blaze Fielding, of course. Right on. Yeah, that's who I'd like. So. I have the uh, Turtles Streets of Rage mod on my Retro Pie. So. Oh yeah, I do have. I also uh, have the Beavis and Butthead mod. That's that's quite good. Too. <laughs> I do. Are you talking about like um, the Turtles are in place of Streets of Rage two? Yeah, yeah, it's Streets of Rage yep. two and the Turtles. Yeah, I have that as well. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Um, next up is uh, some news that Knuckles is going to be playable in the Sega Ages Sonic the Hedgehog two. So obviously, like back in the day, uh, you know, like when this came out, uh, you had to have the 
uh, Sonic and Knuckles cart with the lock-on technology. You put uh, what Sonic 2 in that, and then you could play as Knuckles in Sonic 2. Um, but in this new uh, Nintendo Switch release, Knuckles is going to be playable like from the get-go. Uh, so you will not need that lock-on technology anymore. Sega is unlocking it for you, or should I say M2 is unlocking it for you, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think they did this also with one of the 3DS releases. Um, am I talking on my ass here? Not the 3D Classics one, but they the mobile version from Taxman and Stealth had uh, Knuckles in it as well. Okay. Okay. The, um, oh, yeah. It is going to have, let's see here. Knock, knock. It's going to have a supersonic mode, which is going to allow you to have, you'll be able to start with all seven Chaos Emeralds um, and have uh, supersonic mode out from the get-go they're gonna have online rankings and the ring keep mode that's what i was thinking of uh from the 3d sonic the hedgehog game so basically i think this um allows you like when you die you you're able to keep the rings that you had before is that is that right do you guys remember that the ring keep mode from that 3ds version i don't know what that is I am trying to remember what it was. I can't remember if it's like when you die you have the rings that you had before or if you like um Oh, maybe okay. if you go on to it. the next act, yeah, you keep it, the rings you had before. It says the player will always start the stage with ten rings. Ah, so okay. I guess I don't know if that's at checkpoints or what exactly. Um, my response to that is get good. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to code. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. It's cool that Knuckles is going to be in it, even though they've done that before. It's still like you know they won't give a give us Sonic and Knuckles in three or Sonic three and Knuckles or whatever, but you know, that's one step closer. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, cool. Yeah, it's it's neat. I mean, I guess they need something to balance out with their release of Sonic 1, which had the uh, Mega Play mode. But uh, at the same time, uh, as noted, Taxman and Stealth have done this before, and it's still a crying shame that we do not have their ports of Sonic 1 and 2 on a home console, and it would have been great if that's what they were working off of here, but they're not, so no hidden palace zone for us. Unless right. that uh, talk where they said they wanted to incorporate content that didn't make it into the final version that the uh, tech or the time wasn't right for, uh, if they're actually able to incorporate those ideas and stuff, uh, that may be worth it. That would be awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, so we don't have a release date for this one yet. So it was announced uh, last September. So we're waiting on when this is going to come our way. Um, the last bit of Sega news that we want to talk about is the console wars documentary is going to be premiering at, uh, South by Southwest here coming very, very soon. So, um, everyone's familiar with the console wars book by Blake Harris, our, our good friend over, um, there in New York. Um, when the book was released, they had discussed this, that they're going to also come out with a documentary, there's some talk about a feature film. I think that, that ended up getting changed to like a, a TV series at some point um, that was going to be produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They finally have released some more information about the documentary, which is also being produced by Rogen and Goldberg. Um, so they're actually going to be premiering this, like I said, at South by Southwest in Austin. And here is uh, a little bit of a synopsis of what this uh 
documentary is going to entail. So it says, in 1990, Sega assembled a team of misfits to take on the greatest video game company in the world, Nintendo. Console Wars goes behind the scenes to meet the men and women who fought for both sides in this epic battle that defined a generation. It is the world premiere of this. So I am pretty excited about this, guys. We've been getting a lot of these like nostalgic documentaries and things like that. Um, we obviously we've had like the toys that made us and the movies that made us on Netflix. Um, you talked a little bit earlier in the show, Scotty, um, about the in search of darkness, lots of these nostalgic type of documentaries, uh, that have been coming out within the past couple of years. Um, do you guys feel like it's kind of like so far removed from console wars when the book came out? Like it seemed like the book came out at the perfect time. And it really struck a chord with a lot of, uh, you know, kind of like mid thirties people that lived through this. Do you think that this is kind of too, too late to kind of make that same kind of impact on a documentary standpoint? No, I don't follow the world of documentaries very closely. So I really don't know how, the impact of one affects the other. I just mean, do you think that like, okay, so like console wars, when it came out, like it really was was super popular. Like everyone was talking about it, but now like we're what, like two years removed at least from when it came out. Like, or have we moved beyond that discussion of like Sega and Nintendo and have people (laughs) kind of grown tired of that at this point and move beyond it? Do you think like this is, did they wait too long to bring this out? Day one documentary release with the book, or it doesn't count, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the toys? Have you seen the toys that made us? Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen a of lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I think this is the perfect time for this documentary because it just fits right in with that. People discover the book afterward. Okay. So, and I, I think, think also the toys that made us is, and the movies that made us those are fun documentaries. They keep mm-hmm. this fun as long as it's fun, and the book is fairly fun. You know, so like if they keep it fun, then yeah, I think it's the perfect timing, mean, really. I mean, two in two years, I mean, it's pretty good, guys. Like all things considered, this could have sat in development for another 10, 15 years, you know. So but yeah. What are you gonna I say, think, Scotty? I think also it's a good time because the Genesis Mini just released uh following the SNES Mini. So that, that's a good point. That brought it back into people's radar, like the overall um, just the battle and everything like that. So I, I think it's a good time. Uh, and uh, and yeah, like like Sketch said, it's a, it's a fun book. And not until later on does it get a little grim, but even still, it's still an upbeat, you know, '90s romp. So I think it'll, if it's done right, it'll be entertaining. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be good. Or it's, I think where, it's a good where, time. Where it stands a chance of failing is if they go super like dickish to Nintendo and the Nintendo Bros show up (laughs) you know what i mean i mean look i'm a nintendo guy too guys i I love them right but you know like the nintendo bro thing it's like you're better off criticizing a Zack snyder film like seriously like like they will come out full force huh the nintendo bros yeah the nintendo bros like you know they they're they're super fun until you're like you know i don't really like uh mario to motherfuck you know like it never (laughs) you know oh like that Uh, yeah I can't. Yeah, they wait. start doxing you and all sorts of shit. It'll be interesting because you know it, we we did learn that Nintendo, a lot of like the former Nintendo um, executives and and you know and people who were part of this story really weren't interested in 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 speaking with Blake and 
that is one of the reasons why console wars felt kind of one-sided and told more of the Sega perspective is because a lot of these Nintendo people just wouldn't be, weren't willing to talk to him. Some so did though. You're right. Yes, yeah, some did, but it wasn't, it wasn't as balanced as what Blake wanted it to be. You know, like, you know, like it, it, it definitely skewed heavier on the Sega side. So what I'm interested in seeing is like, now that the book came out, like, are some of these Nintendo people, are they more willing to talk now um, to kind of get their side of the story out? And so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing that. Or are we going to see it kind of like similar to where the book was, where you see like Tom Kalinske and Al Nilsson, you know, like kind of way, way heavier um, in in the story than the Nintendo side? Like, I would like to see it, it both. Even. In the mid '90s, I was so into the tech specs on the 64 and the development of it, as the system kind of blew me away. And, and, and the PlayStation, and to a lesser extent, the Saturn, because I wanted to know why the Saturn was struggling so bad. And I had a friend who was a developer at Angel Studios. I was working at a toy store at the time, and so he would tell me about developing for the Saturn's fucking pain. They use assembly and all these multiprocessors, and we fucking hate it. And um, but the thing that the book did when when people complain it's one sided, I'm like, you know, one of the best revelations that book did was it it showed that the 64 was originally going to be kolinsky's mm-hmm. sequel to the genesis i did not even know that you know and yeah i never knew that i'm like get the fuck out of here like like that and so that's one of the part where the nintendo bros where i'm just like you guys are like what do you want they're a closed-off company he he portrayed that so well and there are so many like things in there that you wouldn't you get you got a better sense of why did they buy a baseball team in the mid-90s you know what I mean? And how the media portrayed that versus the reality of what they were trying to do. You they know? covered uh, Nintendo Power pretty well there, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Re- really, really well. And yeah. so and so I just it's yeah, they have like the Sega. They're in the trenches with the Sega dudes because that's who talked, you know, exactly. And even then, if I remember correctly, didn't they want to get word of Sega of Japan and uh, they weren't having any of it? I mean, how many people? Yeah. And how many people read that book? And like even knew who Olaf was from the 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 PlayStation side. I I never heard of his name before I reading that book. Nor yeah, I. So, right. So like I just I'm like I just I don't know, guys. I I listen yeah. to the book every year. I re-listen to it, and I'm just like, this is just it's like listening to a TV series in your head, like an audio. Like it's just it's just it's so easy to read. It's breezy. I like the 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 audio book narration. You know, um, some people don't, but I really enjoy it. And and I just think Blake does a very good job. And this is hard to do, folks. If you try to create anything that can be easy to get into, but has levels of depth to it that you mm-hmm. don't realize on a first read, you know, or a first watch. And that is something incredibly, like, Blake is able to take a complex story that could have been bogged down in like times and dates and stamps and something really fucking boring and, or, or, or turned it into something like sensational. Like were they smoking, were they, were they snorting cocaine and driving Lamborghinis into walls and shit? Like what was the crazy shit? Like it could have gotten really stupid. Like the early days of Megavisions. (laughs) Like like, like the, (laughs) the first 24 hours of too many games, right? Like, (laughs) I eat a lot of Fig Newtons, and Chris does a lot of blow. That's kind of how it works. So, I've only read the book once, and it is one of my favorites. It's up there with Game of for me. Although I will admit, I've never finished it. I stopped like at the last chapter. It was like I know how it ends, but I don't really want that 
I, I don't know. I enjoyed it so much. I didn't really it, want that sense of finality. Well, it's also a great yeah. prequel to the toys that made us. And this is why I brought it up is Kolinsky is in the first season of the toy. I mean, yeah. because of the Hasbro connect. So mm-hmm. like my Mattel. wife, she listened to the audio book before we saw toys that made us season one. Right. And so then when she's watching season one, she sees the He-Man stuff. And she's like, wait, and, and the Barbie stuff. Is that, this is the same people. I'm like, yes, these are the same people. She's like, this is all tied in to the same group of people that were doing just working on all this eighties and nineties shit, you know, that you, we never had names for. So just because like everyone knew Sakaguchi san and Miyamoto and the crazy ass fucking, was it Yamauchi? Was it the the crazy dude who owned Nintendo with the glasses? Yamauchi? Yeah. So we all know that, but who, who really knew who Al Nielsen was? Mm -hmm. Who knew who, uh, uh, was it EB? Right, like right, she's yeah. amazing. My my wife, she was so impressed with her story in that book. She reached out to her on LinkedIn and they chatted. It's like Van Buskirk, I think, or nice. something like that. Yeah. So yeah. The, 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 and and look, say what you want. What, the, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how they do it. But when they unveil the, the 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 actual ad promo for you know, you know, when they brought everyone in with the TV monitors, like that look changed the nineties. That one ad campaign changed the look of everything after that there was always tv monitors with shit going on and kids talking in front of stuff and that you know like go back and and watch um what was it the uh i don't know what it was but if you look at like the mtv videos and stuff like sega was really i mean there's just a look and vibe that they had that is so strong. We're here. I'm fucking making a video game magazine because of that fucking era. Like, <laughs> I in know, 2020, dude. And yep. I just think Blake, I don't, people can shit on stuff all they want, dude, but go fucking write a book. That's even half as interesting as just the first chapter of his book. It's, mm-hmm. it's super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, something that I would really love for them to do, they, they won't do it, but every time they introduce like Kalinsky or Nilsson or Ben Buskirk or Olaf or whoever, just kind of have like the screen freeze for a moment to do like a Yakuza thing with the name and like what they do on the screen. The Tojo plan. <laughs> or, or is it the guy on the big short, right? He just pauses it and walks through the camera and just like, you know, was it, was it, was that, that was, um, what's his face? Driver, right? Ryan, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Driver. No, no, the driver. Adam Driver. Oh, the, 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 movie, <laughs> the movie Driver, man. I know, right? That's, I know. Um, What's his oh. Gosling, right? That was Ryan Gosling. Oh, Drive. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just called Drive. I got thrown off because I had Baby Driver in my head still. <laughs> yeah, but in the book, they, he's just called the uh, Driver, so they always called him Driver. The, by the way, side note, quickly: if you if you've never read the book based off the movie Drive called uh, It's Drive, but the book is the movie's really good. The book is also just a masterclass in simplified storytelling. <laughs> Hmm. It's a masterclass. Like I constantly, as I write, it's something I always like read a chapter before I write, just because I'm like, dude gets it. So to bring this back around, by the way, um, the book came out in 2014. So it's actually been six years, but it's been two years since they announced the documentary. Right. Like, I think they were talking about that stuff like way back when, I don't know if they had the stuff finalized, but it says it's going to be made into a feature film on the back of the book. Yeah, wow. I, th- I think that's that concept is that, evolved. That, I think I think Blake learned it. Well, he doesn't control it. The publisher controls that, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But, um, so, a lot of people, you know, the... they don't care to read. So, uh, I mean, I think the documentary will have... Give the audio novel a try, though. I mean, 
The audiobook's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. recommend. I think um, the only thing, right. last thing I want to say about it is I think what will catch people the most off guard is how Sony went to both of those companies before the PlayStation came out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm ready. And Silicon Graphics went to Sony and uh, Sega before ending up with the Nintendo. Yeah. I'm excited to see the reaction of this. So, my biggest takeaway is just like if Sega of Japan just fucking listened to Tom, then like they would still probably be in the console business today. Oh yeah, they'd like, probably be they, kings. If they could have just like put their pride and everything else to the side, just like okay, this guy he gets it. Let's let him lead us. I think they would they would be top top of the game still today. You know, it's just it's a shame. So. And if I could have just made one suggestion to Blake when he was writing a book, I would have said, look, just every now and then, just just for a paragraph, just cut back to the Atari Jaguar offices where they're doing LSD and making <laughs> llama games the whole time. Like, like, that's it. They're just in their room doing LSD like that guy in, uh, in uh, what's the Val Kilmer movie where they're the science, where they, where they blow up the popcorn in the room. They have like that guy, Laszlo, that lives under, <laughs> that lives under the stairs. Just oh, playing. God. Yeah, like the Atari Jaguar guys are just in their hole doing LSD, making llama games. Uh, real genius. Real genius. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of Blake, has anybody heard from him at all uh, in recent? Yeah, like um, I he was the, he actually announced this on or he posted it on his Facebook um, this week, and so. Well, I mean, personally, um, I talked to him uh, about. I, I talked to him during too many games last year, so it's been about six or seven months since I last talked to him, but um, yeah, okay. I, I talked to him around last summer is the last time, you know, like I had a good conversation with him. So yeah. Cause he used to contribute to the magazine and it's like, he and I used to talk and then it's like, I don't know. He just kind of quit replying. So, <laughs> huh? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I talked to him a little bit ago. Um, anyway, let's get into our feature discussion. And this week's topic is what next gen oration console are you most looking forward to? So that's kind of uh, up in the air. So we have, obviously, we have the Xbox. We have the PlayStation 5. Um, the Switch, I mean, you know, the Switch is still out there. Those are the big three, right? Um, but there's also some other, you know, uh, systems that are on the horizon as well. Like, you have the new Intellivision system <laughs> from Tommy Tallarico. And so... Some people are excited about it, you know. Some they're having a new Earthworm Jim. It's exclusive to that console. Well, and yeah. right? some people do LSD, like we just mentioned. So <laughs> there's the Polymega that's going to be coming out, which they, I'm super they, excited they about. They put out some so. recent some recent picks that were pretty impressive too. Like they got light gun support now and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the last big thing is the light gun announcement thingy. Wait, I thought Polymega was a, one of those like retro consoles. It is, but um, they're going to. It, it's, it's, it's the Tesla of retro yeah, consoles. Right. It's like the next <laughs> step because um, beyond just playing like cartridge, like they're actually going to have CD support as well. So like it's going to have like Sega CD, um, uh, like Jaguar PC CD, Tur- TurboGrafx CD. PC Engine CD, like all these like different uh, CD-based retro consoles, they're going to have support for that as well. Um, oh, well and good. I don't know if I'd call it a next-generation console, though. You have I to, to qualify. I said the same console. shit. 
I talked the most shit about that when Chris <laughs> kept telling us at E3, we got to go see the Paul Omega guys. I'm like, fucking another retro console. Like, yep. no offense. I own these fucking things. And, you know, like what? And then I just sat there blown the fuck away. Like, by how good the tech, how smooth the interface was, mm-hmm. how, like, you, you plug in a cartridge and it copies your own game right there. And, and when it does that, you get a, a menu where it's got high resolution graphics and all the info about it. It's got the database. It, I mean, you can share gameplay right from there. Like you can buy games and download them, new games right there on them. I mean, look, I'm telling you, if you haven't used it, you don't know. You don't know. And I, I'm like, I can't convince my wife. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not questioning whether it's good or not. I just think it's in its own kind of uh, let me, category. Okay, let me like qualify this. All right, David. What console that's releasing in 2020 are you most excited for? Oh, in 2020. Okay, um, that, that includes all of these things that we're talking about. Because I, I, I want to say like basically, and let's imagine the just for shits and giggles that nothing's going to get delayed. The PS5, the new Xbox, going to release this year. It's all on the table. What are you most excited for, and why? Um, pending more information, right now I'm most interested in the uh, Xbox Series X. What is it about it that that you're? What 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 is it about it that you're most excited about it? Like what what's piquing your interest? Um, I just kind of like the Xbox stuff, and a lot of the backwards compatibility is a big appeal to me, especially if they can get more running than what they did on the Xbox One. And um, I don't know, uh, just the Xbox One was my uh, preferred console uh, this generation, at least when it came to multi-platform games. Yeah, no, that, that's been good. I mean, well, like, it, it was weird, too, because, like, early on in the console's life, like, the PS4 was everyone, like, it, it, there was this whole thing. It was like, oh, the Xbox One can only run in 720, but the PS4 is running everything in, in 1080, and, and it was this whole thing how it was, like, the Xbox One was underpowered. And it's somewhere down the line, like, that whole conversation just kind of got forgotten about. And so I don't know if if the developers just started developing games that were kind of like they had parity between them on purpose just to eliminate that or what but it seemed like that discussion fizzled out over time uh part of it might have been when they when uh microsoft unshackled uh connect from the whole thing because i think that freed up a lot of uh power in there too it could be it too yeah yeah that, that could have been it um i would say that the conversation with um what you were saying there, Chris, kind of got replaced with the PS4 Pro doesn't do 4K natively, but the Xbox One X does, and mm. I don't know that kind of stuff doesn't actually yeah. matter to me. But that I feel like that conversation's starting to come up again with whatever the next gen's going to have in terms of support natively and not. We're talking about like teraflops and mm-hmm. you know biggie bitzels and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have a 4K TV yet, and right now my biggest concern is a repeat of when everything went HD and the text just got really tiny and you couldn't read it. <laughs> even even on an HD TV, it's hard to read, and then on a standard definition, it was impossible. I do like how Xbox is mandating that, like for for the first year or two, that all of the new releases will be basically come out on both the xbox one and the the new xbox um i i like that because it's going to guarantee that you know like it, you don't have to go out and and buy a new xbox to, to play the new games it's like you're going to be able to still be able to keep that old console if you want to and you'll still be able to play new games yeah i, I like that i'm also going to be able to carry basically everything i've got forward including my uh the um design lab controller that my wife got me 
Nice, nice, nice. Because I really like the Xbox One controller. And until I use it, I'm actually not as sure about the uh, Series X controller because of the D-pad. I mean, I'll have to try it for myself before I know for sure, but uh, I just, the one, the Xbox One controller is just perfect for me. Cool. Uh, Sketch, what about you? Like, what uh, what console are you most looking forward to? Based on the logo alone, the PS5. <laughs> hey which they uh they probably made in like what like a couple minutes hey you know let me tell you something and i'm being serious like i have talked shit forever i'm like there's no fucking way you can do backwards compatibility for ps3 because the emo the emotion engine the ps3 cell processor was a series of like seven to nine different processors that had to be like linked up it's fucking nightmare technology and to put that all on a chip i don't know how that's possible but the rumors are that it will be all not just backwards compatible you know, but I mean, like across all systems on on that system, and I still have my PS3 hooked up because I play Motorstorm religiously. Uh, so one and two, third one not so much. But uh, so and with with the PlayStation, I only like man, I play Dragon Quest guys, you know, and I play Uncharted. Those are the two games I always beat that are non Nintendo games anytime they come out. So uh, I will be rolling with the Sony again. Uh, day one, I'll, I'll I'll get that all lined up and pre-ordered and and everything else. And I'm sure there won't be shit out for it for a year, and everyone will be like, "It wasn't the best bargain." You get all the stuff for the the Xbox, but I I I love Japanese games. You know, I'll give Microsoft this credit. I do like what they've done with their developer acquisitions, especially like with Double Fine, and giving them a bigger platform, yeah, to, to, for funding and put it. But those games are all going to be available on windows 10 pc windows store and i have a windows 10 pc set up that i got for my video rig and it's vr capable and super powerful so i play like lego horizon the only i play lego horizon on that pc it's the only game installed i play it once a week lego horizon lego forza horizon sorry the horizon, like, right? I, I, was, I was gonna say do you mean forza is this like a new yeah, yeah, game i haven't heard of yeah, i i know because I, I i made that joke once i actually uh did the t-shirts for the first for forza which one was it was 2014 15 whatever game that was three i think yeah and i went down there and they had that orange like like supercar that was on the cover in their nice. studio right and i was like this is so not a game studio this is like a fucking crazy new york style like <laughs> fao schwartz for grown-ups you know like kind of like studio it was cool though man it was super nice but I called that that Horizon. I think it was just announced, and I called it Horizon on accident. I just I don't know why. Like I just. just Would you like Horizon with that? Horizon, yeah, I like some Horizon with that. So I I think look PS Five is where I'll be. If they had, if there were no, if the Microsoft wasn't going, if Microsoft wasn't going to put their games also on the Windows Store, I'd have more of an incentive to look at an Xbox, especially with games like. Uh, Psychonauts 2 and everything else. So, but that's not the case. So, I don't. I have a 4K TV. If the games are in 1080p, I, I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't. I don't get the 4K movement for gamers. I don't. I don't really understand it. Because um, gamers push everything forward. If we uh, yeah, make 4K the standard, then that's what they'll be selling to every other Joe schmuck on the street. And that's how you ended up with like PlayStation Three. Like we have more processors. That doesn't mean it's fucking. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, like PlayStation okay, Two and DVD, for example. 
Right. I mean, resolution like that matters in VR. So if you wanted, you know, video, 4K ain't going to do shit in VR because of the amount of resolution you need to cover 360 degrees. But in gaming, I just, I don't get it. I get that there's fans in it. I'm not shitting on them. I just, you know, it's just, I just, as an artist, I'm like, there's no discernible difference for me, especially when you're sitting 10 feet away from your TV. So I don't fully understand it. Aren't um, they talking 8K now? Yeah, and oh, it, yeah. it would be complete. And if you understand the pipelines, like I, I helped make a game this year called Spyro, and uh, I've seen how the pipelines work, and I couldn't imagine a eight K pipeline. Like I don't know what what a pipeline means is everything has to be created at a certain resolution, and then has to flow through production through different builds and and dev kits, and so like it makes. I think the future of K is like this, and I'll, I'll end so you guys can all talk. I think the future of K <laughs> resolution in gaming is AI upscaling. With a, if you look at like what AI upscaling has done on a fan level for games like Final Fantasy VIII, like they even AI upscaled the cutscenes fairly well, not perfect, but fairly well. Um, in a way that the remaster has never the backgrounds, the cutscenes, like the remaster doesn't even have that. And so, I think short sooner sooner than later. I'm not going to give a time frame, but sooner than later, you could quite possibly make a game at the resolution of PlayStation 1 and your computer can just up-res it to whatever resolution you need. You know, and this, and let me tell you why this helps. This would help because it would allow developers to work in a smaller pipeline and games can get done quicker. Um, this is why, like, RPGs didn't end up on the PS3 and really not much on the PS4. A lot of them end up on the PSP because of the lower resolutions. And the amount of content they have to make, there's... It's just a budget, you know, time, the pipeline, the process, the amount of people you have to hire. So the lower the resolution, the more content you can throw in. If the, the AI upscaling can get to the point where it can upres these games and you can't, I mean, and it's not just upraising the games, it's upraising the menus in their original fonts, which don't exist. Because remember, back in the, I mean, not too long ago, every game had its own font that was just made by the developers. You know, they just made their own fonts yeah, yeah. for games. So mm-hmm. and and so one of the the most heartbreaking thing is when they do put out a port of Corona Trigger or Final Fantasy VII on Steam is they always use like Arial Bold or some fucking font you know what I mean where you're just like that is not it doesn't have the life or the character of the original fonts but AI upscaling upscaling you the upscale the menus so and then look I, I it's not there yet but it will be so I mean so soon that like I think that's the future of that resolution gap issue. That's how we're going to get Skynet. <laughs> well, you know, that's how you, with the deep fake technology, that's how you end up with, you bypass the Uncanny Valley because you could have AI deep fake through, you know, actors' faces onto people in, in a way that it doesn't look weird. You know, and it's going to happen. I mean, we're so, I mean, it's crazy how, even in the last two years, how much AI upscaling and deep fakes have Look at the technology, how that's improved in the last two years compared to how the technology moved from, say, Nintendo to Super Nintendo. How long that Mm -hmm. took, you know? Like, it's nuts. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, I, I will say like the, the console I'm most excited about is, is the Polymega. Like, I, I think it's going to be doing so much amazing things. If I get one console this year, that's the one I want to get. Um, because I, I just think they have a vision for what retro gaming can be. And I think they can actually achieve it. Um, Unlike, 
a lot of these other consoles where they just want to put out a, a system that can just play whatever your catalog of games is like they want to go the step beyond and and not only will they be able to play all of your back catalog of of, of a cartridge and cd based games but they're going to also be uh looking to launch like an uh, an, an e-store where you can go and and buy games and buy buy these retro games digitally because they're going to be licensing them from all these different companies and you'll be able to just play them right there on the Polymega. Um I'm I'm really really excited about that. I I think they're going to do some really really cool stuff. So that's the one that is that really really gets me excited and I think if they can achieve anywhere close to the success that they're aiming for, I think they're going to knock it out of the park. Yep. I... I'm looking forward... Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm also looking forward to the TurboGrafx Mini. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that... Uh, we we talked a little bit about that earlier on, um, M2. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get it because that's just the thing that I have to do. <laughs> um, Same. I... Yep. For me, I've wanted to get into Turbo Graphics uh, playing and collecting for like what feels like forever, and I still haven't managed to. But at least this would be a nice stopgap for me. So it's you could, I I would suggest not suggest you even try to start collecting them because the games are just insanely expensive. Like there's no way. I mean, some of the more common games you can get, of course. But I I wanted to do that for a while, and then I I started seeing the prices, and it's just like holy crap, this stuff is just way way. There was a so. uh, randomly PC Engine games were getting released on PlayStation Network. Like I have, that's how I have uh, the Mega Bomberman game that I or Bomberman '94. I play on my Vita randomly mm. sometimes, but that's that's very on brand for me. Um, but I will say that backwards compatibility is a big deal for me with the next gen because I the last time I jumped on something launch day was the Wii. And I haven't really, I've kind of like sat back and just watched how things play out. Um, I don't even have a Switch yet. So if there's any like next console I'm thinking about, it's the Switch for me. But Or if they do the Switch Pro or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I really want the Poly Mega to succeed. I would be most on board with that. And this weekend is actually just a fine example of it. Because a buddy of mine, um, I have two 32X um add-ons and i was gonna give one to a buddy of mine and i tested it out and there's something weird that's not going on with it that it selectively plays games and i was telling him and we were just talking about like god damn we want the poly mega to work so because hardware is more likely to fail before the actual software so it'd be nice to be able to dump all my saturn and all my 32x games onto like one machine to to play rather than having to worry like is this cartridge rotting or you know so and just even think about it from a standpoint of like being able to stream stuff like because i think oh yeah i think rob when we sat and talked to them i think that they were saying like they wanted to be able to stream right from the box too yeah you're gonna be able to do that right from the box yeah yeah imagine that like like you can with the you know the ps4 and xbox one like you'll be able to stream all these retro games right from the box you just sign into twitch and you're going you know like you don't need an elgato or any of this other it's a custom Linux OS that they've built. It's super fast and speedy. And mm-hmm. if you want to see what happens when you don't do that, go play the Ouya sometime and just eh, I have one. Cruise around the menu. <laughs> of course you do. Have fun. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the streaming thing sounds pretty appealing. I, I'm interested in the Polymega, but at the same time, I still want to get like a Model One Genesis. Just 
aesthetically is a big draw for me there too i'll admit mm-hmm. yeah did i so, say yeah, model yeah. one genesis i meant model one sega cd you did say genesis but um yeah i, I have a model one genesis yeah sweet um also somebody brought it up earlier uh any thoughts in television amico zero <laughs> uh, here's the thing like i mean i i i dig tommy tallarico i i like what he's looking to do i haven't seen anything that really piques my interest outside of toe jam or no, i'm sorry not toe jam Monroe, but uh earthworms jam if, Have like, we even seen Earthworm Jim for this thing yet? They did release like a uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. Like um, <laughs> they released like some animation, some like concept animation of like what uh, they like the running animation is going to look like. It looked good. It looked really good. It looked on mm. par with like what you see with like the um, like the 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 Monster Boy hand drawn you know like uh, visuals and things like that, but. If they can, you know, do anything on par with that, that'd be great. But they got a lot of the uh, original team back from the Earthworm Jim. I just get such an end gauge vibe from this whole thing. You know, there's something. Don't talk shit on the end gauge, man. I love the end gauge. <laughs> Come on, we, but you know the politics of that company. You yeah, know, yeah. like I'm, I'm intrigued by the Amico, but I, I really need to see more. Yeah, it's got a 10-10-2020 uh, release date right now. They're saying. And it's my birthday too. That's fucking dick. What was that? Uh, What's my birthday, uh, man? Oh, geez. What was that Atari um, thing that okay. they had? I'll, I'll get. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to cut you off. I will say this: the running animation for Earthworm Jim looked pretty cool. Yeah, the VCS was at. Um, was it? What was just recently? Was it CES? This yeah. The, the, it was there, so the VCS could also be coming out. The Dark Horse. That's the Dark Horse in the race. The VCS. That thing's on oh. Indiegogo. They have... I don't know how to read Indiegogo, so I don't know where this thing sits at all. <laughs> uh, everything I've seen and heard about the VCS, it looks nice, and I'm speaking strictly of the shell and the controllers and stuff, but I think PC World uh, has an article about the, about it from CES, and they seem kind of uh, like, yeah, it's a thing, all right. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't get about the Intellivision, though, man. Fucking look, I was there. Intellivision was a weird console. ColecoVision was known for having like a great Donkey Kong port. So if someone had ColecoVision, you're like, well, they got the fucking Donkey Kong. It's it's amazing. Intellivision kind of had Bomber Burger Time. Like it just it didn't have anything. And so for Earthworm Jim to be exclusive to an Intellivision infuriates me to no fucking end. You know, <laughs> like it really does. It's like just create fuck your brand it's right up there with that chameleon bullshit that fucking mike kennedy put together you know where it's like you're missing the point of the retro they're just grabbing a fucking retro name and then taking something that came out literally 15 years later and attaching it to it i don't understand i mean i I, i'm so it's just i mean they're gonna have the remote i don't want remote controllers or tv remote style controllers ever again after the week I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't want to. with the fucking. Are you gonna have the face plates? Did you guys ever use an Intellivision? My uncle had one. You know these face plates. You had these face plates that you'd slide off and put over a number. It was a number pad. It looked like a phone with the dial on it. And you had like these plastic flimsy. You, it was like a giant dial with all these numerical pads, key, uh, buttons. And I'm just remembering this. I'm not looking it up on Google. And you had these pa- plastic sleeves that came with the game. And you'd slide it over the number pads, and it would just go over the number pads, and it would have like you know a printed 
you know, controller looking thing on there. So, you know, you could change the button layouts and, and it fucking, they crinkled and it sucked and the fucking, no, it, <laughs> I remember the last time I played in television and I'm like, well, I'm done with that experiment. You know, the <laughs> NES came out and we're like, it's over. Perfect. And so, but Earthworm Jim on the Intellivision, that's like saying, hey, we're going to relaunch the fucking Odyssey and Mario's going on there exclusively. You know, like, why? Why would you do that? Like, I was going to say the Odyssey was like worse than the uh, um, Intellivision in terms of like stuff that you'd have to do because there was that like static cling thing you had to put on your TV. Oh, boy. Yeah, you had to put a cling over the, you had to put the static cling that would create like a map. It would basically would... be the graphics of the, the game you're playing. Because yeah. the only thing you had was this like a little white dot that would you turn and like manipulate on the screen. I, I I understand the outrage, but at the same time, I can't blame them for leveraging the assets that they have. It's worth nothing. It's only worth something to them because they're slightly older than me, so they were like in their their mid teens. I'm in church from Jim. Yeah, and by the way. No fucking way that stays exclusive to that shitty fucking platform. Like, I just don't believe in the brand in television. Commodore 64 has a better fucking... Amiga has a better... If they were making a new Amiga console and and Earthworm Jim was strapped to it, I could buy into that level of thought because at least the Amiga was 32-bit. But fucking in television, dude? Like, and look, (laughs) you you could go back and go, that was the episode, Rob fucking lost his shit and we all love in television. I'm in a television. And them and those, what was that fucking space game that never has never come out? They spent ten billion dollars on that. Oh, I can't game. remember. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The, the yep. Wing Commander motherfuckers made that shit. And they spent like a oh, that's yeah. They're still they're still developing that apparently, and they still do cons every year with that shit. You know what I mean? Every year they have their own like shitty version of BlizzCon with that. You know, like <laughs> Star Citizen. Yeah, Star Citizen. They do a Citizen Con, man. I've watched it. I'm like, wow. this is, you know, and people were clowning the Poe Con. No, at least that has a fucking game. Like <laughs> fucking Star Citizen's just a, it's a giant grift. And I just, uh, man, if they get the game out and it looks amazing, Earthworm Jim, it's no fucking way it stays on that platform. It's going to tank. Hard, the the, uh, the original Atari, that shovelware had a better chance than this because at least. Like there's some level of like name recognition with that logo and the wood paneling, but in television, dude, I mean, I mean, do you guys remember the Action Max? Nope. No, the I don't. Name sounds, sounds like familiar, a but... sounds like an NES game with like 85 hits on it or something. <laughs> yeah. So it's like 80, 1987, 88. It was you put this tape, the Action Max tape, in your VCR, and it's like an afterburner full motion video type thing. And it was just one little box with the sensor you put on your TV and a, and a zapper, and it would keep track of the score. And you'd zap the fucking screen, you know. And it was like, and you could come up with different games on tape, and you know. And it was like that bullshit Action Max, I, you know. I might have seen something for that in Game Pro or something, but I don't think I've ever seen s- one in person. All my family's military, you know, and I'm prior service. And so, like, they were all, like, anything war they fucking bought. And they're like, we got the action max. I'm like, this shit sucks. You know, I'm going to go play Contra on my fucking Nintendo. You know, like, <laughs> like, like but, I mean, it's, it's up there with action max. Like, it's just, it's a dumb, and Tommy Tallarico, like, I get, you know, his, his enthusiasm and, and everything else. But, like, man, you know, the other thing, dude, all those guys were friends with Dave Halverson. And, when I'd be late night at Game Fan with Dave, I'd just, you know, talk to him about 
Earthworm Jim because he had all the original concept art sketches on his wall. The actual like, first development for Earthworm Jim, he'd have them on his wall. And it, it turns out Dave was like a strong influence on Jim's like humor. And he really? was friends with Tommy Tallarico. And we were making, Dave at the time was putting together a demo for this game called Savior Machine, which originally was going to be Death Junior 3. And then when the economy tanked, he was going to do his own game. And he's like, well, Tommy's going to do the music for free. I'm like, Tommy ain't going to do shit for free, Dave. I don't know. <laughs> I know. One thing I know about gamers and people, you know, they don't, they're not like game review people, bro. You got to pay these fuckers. They're developers, you know? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I've heard you the know, stories. I wish I could, yeah, yeah, I know, right? And you're just sitting there like, what are you telling me about? Yeah, you know. Uh, and I met fucking Doug Tanap. I got a signed, personally signed sketch in a giant fucking silkscreen Earthworm Gym print that he did, you know, before he went all Gamergate and shit. But yeah, like, that's that's a shame. And, and whatever they, they they could they could put that aside and make a fun game, politics aside, and that's great. But how people get pissed off about the Epic Game Store and not this, I don't know. Because if that game's amazing and it's stuck on that fucking console, it's gonna be it's gonna be a disaster. You know, people are gonna like they're they're just gonna buy the system and destroy it, like they did. Remember that that whole I could just see it now, like. It's not a good time to come up with some niche exclusive console you got to get to get one game that was always a multi-platform title from the beginning. Earthworm Jim wasn't exclusive to Super Nintendo or Genesis. It was a multi-platform title. Yeah, it is weird that it goes backwards like that. Yeah. They were better off naming the system Interplay. You catch my drift? Wow. Yeah. The Interplay, right? The con- the 90s console fucking and make it all Super 90s. But like they they're missing the mark, dude. I'm telling like I haven't seen this big a whiff, dude, since the, like I said, the Coleco Chameleon. Like, it's not good. And it's going to be worse because people give a shit about Earthworm Jim. You've seen how well Tenapple's fucking Indiegogo did because people love Jim. So I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I would not want to be, you know, relying on the success of that company for my, my future. I appreciate Tallarico's enthusiasm for the whole thing. Maybe not as much as I appreciate your rant over it, though. <laughs> that was a pretty good rant. Um, on that Nico note, let's wrap things up. That's what it's coming down to. Yep. Let's get Rob to start the sketchquisition or something. <laughs> sketchquisition. Um, <laughs> they do call it Rob Rage on my streams every now and then. It just comes out of nowhere. You know, and... <laughs> Go to the sketchquisition that you know because Jim will fucking I don't want to miss off. Ah, right there we I go. Don't, he's he's too smart and clever for I can't do that. Uh, I mean literally, but um, that's yeah, all I got. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's gonna wrap things up. On that note, um, Scotty, what are we streaming this week? Uh, so we've got um, streams are Tuesday through. Uh, Thursday, um, and uh, TJ's usually streams stuff. Or I'm sorry, t- sometimes TJ streams on Mondays. Uh, Tornado on Tuesdays. Chris, you're doing Wednesdays. This... I think I would do more River City Girls. I want to complete. Cool. This. Yep. There you go. Um, this Thursday though, the Thursday night throwdown is going to be that hit that never got enough love. 
uh, Thursday Night Throwdowns presenting Anarchy Reigns on the PlayStation 3. So if you yeah, can find bitch. it at a local GameStop or something, it's going to be less than 10 bucks. It's like 20 on the PlayStation Network. But the best part about it, so for some reason, the network's still supported, and you can still get Bayonetta, which used to only be a pre-order character, but you can download her for like a dollar. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing that. Uh, the room holds 16, so we're going to try to fill that sucker. Um Anarchy Reigns is always a good time. It, it's uh, if you've never heard of it, it's the sequel to Mad World, essentially from the. I Wii. was just about to ask that. Yep, it totally is. Uh, made by Platinum. Um, my my shorthand description of it is twisted metal without cars because you're just punching the shit out of each other. <laughs> so I keep an eye it. on our socials for that. And I we might even be, give away a copy of the game if you show up. Oh snap! Snap. Sketch, uh, where can people watch you uh, drawing all the Megavisions? You can catch me on my Twitch at SketchcraftLive.com when I'm streaming live. But so you know, if you follow and subscribe my YouTube or on Facebook, I stream simultaneously now to Facebook, uh, Twitch, and YouTube when I'm streaming. Oh, snap. Yeah, so there's there's really no fucking excuse, people. No, uh, <laughs> watch the man. <laughs> thanks to the power of restream, you can do that. And eventually, when Instagram allows you to use the protocols to stream for, to use PC protocols on Instagram, then they'll, they'll they'll include that support, and I'll be able to stream there as well. But I will be wrapping up the line arts for Timmy. I can only work on Mega Visions during the week, folks. On the weekends, I I'm supposed to be doing commissions right now, but you know, puppy. Um, but so yep. Monday through Friday, I'll be doing between two to four hours on this piece. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to finish up the lines and then I got to do flats and then I got to paint the fucking thing. Uh-oh. Um, so it's probably about two more weeks of effort. Sorry guys. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest, I'm trying my hardest. So, but I'll be there. Uh, suffer with me. Suffer like sketch did. Oy. And I, it's going to be all worth it. In the end, uh, everyone's going to really dig this piece, and uh, I think this magazine is going to be all the better for it. So uh, we've got a few more weeks of it, but uh, watch along, and I- I'm sure you'll learn a few things, especially if you're artistically inclined. You can learn some things by watching Sketch. Like you said, go to sketchcraftlive.com. And then remember, if you want to support Megavisions, you can subscribe on our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash megavisions, where you can choose to receive either the physical print or digital issue of the magazine. Uh, It's released quarterly and contains original cover art, 64 pages of retro-style design, and awesome reviews of classic and new Sega games, features, and interviews with your favorite Sega developers. They'll make you feel like you're back in the early 90s all over again, folks. So go check it out. That's going to do it for this week's show. We will see you back next week for a Megavision Shy Show. Shy Yay, you did it too. Um, uh, <laughs> it's easy to do. Closing factoid. It's the Shy Show. Closing factoid. Dr. Thunder did not receive a NASCAR car. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. My whole life is a lie. Mm-hmm. Burn that. Chris probably just went to a demolition agencies. derby and someone spray painted Dr. Thunder on some I've never car. been to a demolition <laughs> derby. Oh, yeah, let me tell you something. You guys, you ever come out my way, they do one once a year. It's, it's worth going to. Maybe I was thinking of the Winn-Dixie NASCAR. That's <laughs> got to be it. Because that is a thing I'm looking at right now. I'm done Googling, so it doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm out. Winn-Dixie. We're out. We're done. Cool, neat, neat. Winn-Dixie. Winn-Dixie was a fancy grocery store back where I used to live. 